Hello and welcome to episode 53 of the Round and Tile podcast. I'm Jason. I'm Jose. And today's episode is It's a Wonderful Life. And it's honestly one of our cheesier episode puns, where we talk about Wonderful 101, but it's fitting because we're honoring the cheesiness that is the Wonderful 101, and we'll have full impressions of that game later in the show. Uh, you know, I, I, this episode's kind of, I guess I would call it like a grab bag of information. Like, it's, it's a little bit of everything. We're going to be discussing some new game announcements straight from Nintendo. We'll be sharing some interesting third-party reveals. We'll be talking some major industry news, such as Sega buying Atlas, which is just like, what? And uh, yeah, I thought it would have been Nintendo of anything. Yeah, they're already working so close together, right? But uh, yeah, we'll also well, have Nintendo will buy Sega, and then yeah, eventually it'll all just everything will be Nintendo. They'll buy Microsoft and Sony. Oh no, they won't. That's impossible. Whoa. But uh, anyway, we're also gonna be talking. We're also gonna have a Jason Sales Corner. I'll break down uh, August NPD numbers, and of course those impressions of One for One One and our Cami Sketchpad will be later in the show. So. If there's anything specifically you want to hear, as always, we have these housekeeping notes at the beginning. If there's anything specific you want to hear, uh, we have timestamps on the blog post for this episode. And uh, I guess to kick things off, let's talk about what was probably the most out-of-nowhere thing, and that was the surprising Nintendo Direct that happened this past week. Um, It was a Wii Fit U Direct. Nintendo now seems to just regularly go, you know what, we're just going to announce random things that you wouldn't expect. Last time we had podcasts, is a 2DS. This time, it's a new Wii Sports, and Wii Fit for free. So here's basically um, a breakdown of what went down in the Direct. Directly. Directly. By the way, that was, great. That was the best <laughs> intro they've ever done. Uh, for those who haven't seen it yet, go watch Kinda it. Kind of cringy, but it's still funny. Super cringy, but so great. But yeah, for those who haven't seen it, basically they had the Wii Fit trainer. I don't know why they Teaching redesigned an exercise. her, considering like, they just put her in bronze. It's like, oh, we redid it to, look, to make her look more sporty. It's like, oh, so you gave her pigtails. Mm-hmm. I guess that's more sporty than there's a ponytail. There's a weird trend in Nintendo Directs where they have to highlight hairstyle changes. Remember when Bayonetta 2 was announced? They're like, her hair is short now. Look how short it is. Do you see the short hair? They made it short because they felt it was due to, you know, ready for a change. Do you see the short hair? Yeah. And now this time they're like, look at the pigtails. Do you see the pigtails? <laughs> I also feel like they should have kept her eyeballs lifeless how they were before cause that'd be weird if the rest of her looks as real as it does now well because like they, she still looks oh yeah that's right she'd be a demon yeah <laughs> do you want a demon telling you how to do yoga because she still looks kind of like a mannequin but not really yeah she's and, like and an anime mannequin at least before like I feel like they just kind of embraced it but now it's like now it's like, like weird they don't know what they're doing they don't know what they want with it but whatever she looks like one of those tools you use when you're like trying to learn how to draw a person but with like <laughs> clothing on <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah but anyway so the uh the direct um, the theme of it was We Fit You. It was, uh, took up the majority of the 20 minutes of the presentation. And, well, actually, no. I take that back. What took up, what took up the majority oh of the my. presentation was a play-by-play, step-by-step... Literally. ...day in the life of a Nintendo employee who they sent hiking. And it's like, look, he must have climbed the mountain here. And see this break? He was probably sitting at the top of the mountain taking in the view. It's quite a nice view. But it's just like, it's okay. Like, oh, notice how he's like... Increasing his distance very like by a lot, but not but not moving very much. It's because he's in a car. But yeah. I mean, I understand what they're doing. What they were showing is really cool, like the fit meter concept. Is, I know, it, it, but it they, they dragged it, it out for so long. It's like I get it. Thank you, Iwata. <laughs> Thank you very much for explaining this for fifteen minutes. But could have done it in two. So how it works is um, the the fit meter is basically the new like hook of We Fit You this time around. So it's almost like the bounce board is like second. It feels like it feels like they're going after like the Fitbit and Nike Fuel Band with the Fit Meter, since those are like the hot things now. So what it is is it's not just a pedometer. It's not just a pokey walker and new casing. It's actually what they're calling an activity uh, meter. 
and it's gonna have a three-axis tracking system. It can do all sorts of other things. So basically, um, basically, it's a Fitbit, but you wear it on your hip, which they say is more accurate than wearing something on which your wrist. Which makes sense. It does make sense because your center of balance is not on your right wrist or your left wrist; it's on your body. Yeah. But uh, so it's the the using that accelerometer with the three axes and all that. Um, it can track everything from and display calories burned and calorie goals you set, uh, steps taken, the current just dis- the the elevation you're at and the difference between your current elevation and your elevation when you're at home. I guess if you go to Denver, you go, oh, cool, I'm a mile high. Uh, that is a, they are a mile high in Denver. Did you know that? Denver has a very high altitude. I did not know Some that. people go to Denver and they actually like have to like adjust like because it, it's a mile above sea level. Um, that's what's called the mile high city. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Anyway, um, it also can track... That's random. Yeah. The more you know. Um, it also can track uh, the time. That's good to know. Outside temperature, so it has a temperature gauge. And what they, what's called a METS graph, an MET, which it shows your intensity of your workout. And this is like a standard intensity measurement. And it uses all that other data I just listed and all those accelerometers and all the blah, blah, blah to figure out the intensity based on your elevation and your speed and that sort of thing. So it's a lot of information. It's all on the device to view at any time. Lock a little, little picture of your me smiling at you. And they can also port it over to the We Fit You itself, where it turns into these crazy detailed charts where everything's layered on top of each other, and that's what I want to spend 15 minutes going over in great, great, yeah, great, it, great it, detail. It, it's sad that um, it, this, is, this is what it takes to get me excited about doing exercise. Video. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. Like, I should just be like, I should be healthy, but no, it's like, hey, it's a Poco Walker, but my knee's on it <laughs> instead of a Pikachu. I mean, I already go walking... A lot, but now I want to go walking more just to like mm-hmm. play with this meter. It is pretty neat. fun, yeah. And I mean, and also once you import it into WeFit, you it gets kind of cool because they have like uh, the chart. I mean, the charts are super detailed. Like I said, but you can hold up to fifty of them. So if you like go on a trip somewhere, like let's say you go on a hiking trip or whatever, you can just keep make sure those days stay on there forever. So you could go look back and be like, man, I was so fit a year ago when I went <laughs> hiking. Now I'm fat and don't go anywhere or whatever. But um. It was thinking also works beyond just those charts. They have what they're calling fit meter challenges, where like your steps that you take will like factor into hypothetical your hiking Mount Everest, and they know the exact number of steps it takes to go up Mount Everest or to walk oh, yeah, through or, Rome or, or the pyramid or the pyramid or the Great Wall of China or that sort of thing. And you can uh, basically digitally walk it. Like they don't show it to you; it's just a picture of a map and your steps going up it or across it. But yeah, I'm gonna try to do one of those one day. Good luck. That's gonna be nearly impossible. But of course, challenge accepted. Yes, that that was what I was trying to keep you healthy. That was in your best interest that you accepted that. Wow. Yeah. Mind games. No, but um, of course, WeFit You beyond the Fit Meter has normal WeFit. There's gonna be 77 activities to do from yoga to mini games. 19 of which are new, and some of those 19 use the gamepad. So we tried two of them before the Wii U came out when we got a chance to demo it. Yeah, the trampoline. Or three of them. We did trampoline, the waiter one, and the water gun one. So how I think what tra- trampoline was how that one work? You sta- you like you're you're on the you're standing on the balance board and yeah. you put the gamepad on the floor so that you have a top down perspective of the trampoline and on the TV you have a side view of the trampoline. Right, right. So you use the gamepad on the floor to center yourself as you're falling and you use the TV for nothing. I think the TV just shows oh, like yeah, a behind yeah. the back view. Oh no, no, I mean sorry. And your height. 
Well, I mean, yeah, you, yeah, for the height, you use it so you know when exactly to crouch down and then to, right. I guess, bring yourself back up. Cause, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then, the, and then yeah, in the game, yeah, cause the closer, you're aiming on... Yeah, because yeah. the closer you do that to the center, the higher you go up, and the point is to right. get it as high as possible. And it's on Woohoo Island, if that matters to anyone out there. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, and I know, I know the... Thank you, marketing man. I know the uh, I know the the water pump one's the one I did. That's actually kind of fun. It's like you're you're holding the game pan, you're kind of aiming it oh, like a scope almost, like a sniper scope or something. And it's shooting kind of a water gun, sort of flood like from Mario Sunshine, and then you're pumping by tapping your phone on the balance board. So you're kind of like multitasking the two, and it's not really fit. Any sort of like logical. The guy fitness. in the video seemed to be getting a guy the, workout. Yeah, the guy in the video was like pumping like crazy. Like I was barely tapping my foot and it was working. But maybe they ramped up the sensitivity so you really have to like stomp on it. But that one was pretty fun. It got like my leg was getting tired and it seems kind of lopsided from what I recall. Like it's only one leg, I think. So, yeah. but and then the third one, I think the waiter one might be the coolest of the three we played back in the day. Um, that was you're on the balance board and you're also like holding the game pad. Trying to balance, yeah. Trying to balance the stuff on the, the tray in the, the game. Yeah, the gamepad is the tray, and you have to take virtual steps and try not yeah. to spill anything. Yeah, and it's actually kind of difficult. It's, it really helps you like know your balance better and really work on your balance. Well, I mean, that is Wii Fit. It's all about posture. Yeah, and it does posture. that. Yeah, that one. That one was the most like Wii Fit ish of the bunch when we played them. Like the trampoline one. That I mean, yeah, you're jumping. That could have been. That could have been like Wii Sports Resort yeah. or something. Like the, I think the tri- the waiter one is by far the most Wii Fitty. Yeah. Wii Fitty scent. Sorry, that's super lame. <laughs> but yeah, they're actually Nintendo's using a balance board outside Wii Fit again now too. They're uh, if you for anyone that has Wii Street U, there's yeah, an update. Yeah, I don't know, Philo. That, that just seems it's gimmicky. It's so gimmicky. I, I, don't, I don't think it's worth using just because I mean you're taking virtual steps, but you're not actually taking those steps over there. Like it just zooms in as much as yeah. you would if you were to press up on the arrow. Yeah, so, yeah, what it is is, like, you're walking on the balance board to walk forward or backwards in Wii Street U in, you know, first-person street view mode of Google Maps. But, yeah, Whoa. each step you take is, like, it just, like, you take a step and it kind of lunges forward, I mean, like I guess the only part that's, I guess, kind of cool is, like, I guess if you want to turn, you just lean, but... Yeah, you lean in the direction. Yeah, but, but who does that when walking? You don't... You just turn. Yeah, it's, I it's, guess you it's, do it's lean not a, and turn. It's not instinctual. I'd rather just... Yeah, I sit on my spinny chair with the gamepad. Yeah, it, there is one nice thing they did that's trying to simulate the feel of walking, and that's like <laughs> the screen literally bobs up and down each time you take a step. Even though, like, it doesn't from what yeah, yeah, because you're walking in place for like three seconds and then yeah. it progresses. Yeah, it's like then X number of steps is required before it jumps to the next spot. Yeah, so, so, so it's like bobbling. It's it's. I bet a lot of people get dizzy from it, but and I'll do that underwater. Like you can walk. Yeah, I'll, walk I'll, on the walk the ocean floor, of the coral reef. Yeah, you can if you're wearing scoot. No, you can't. <laughs> But you're wearing a deep diver suit, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But but yeah, the uh, the thing about we fit that you that's most interesting to me though. I mean, the fit meter is kind of cool, but the thing that's most interesting and arguably the biggest deal of the metal thing. You just, need get, you just need to get some anger out about about the balance board in We Street You, don't you? Yeah. As I keep punching it, but yeah, the pricing I think is the most interesting th- thing about We Fit You. It's uh, it's really Nintendo's never done something like this before. So basically, starting on ever the, ever. And this is Nintendo. And it's Nintendo who doesn't take risks in terms of this I sort know, of thing. I well, know. Why did this happen? Is this all Reggie? I just realized they do take risks. Why am I saying the Wii Remote, the DS, everything else? Are the, the Wii U, it's all risks. Fine with pricing. Yeah. They're usually very conservative about pricing. They like making their money. But I, I think this was from, to answer your question, I think this came from Nintendo corporate, not Reggie. Like from Nintendo Japan. Nintendo Co. Limited. My guess, my guess is this was a decision 
from them of how they can best address the American market where there are things like Fitbits and whatnot that are pretty cheap to buy and come with free software. So this is how they're going to respond to it. And what it is, for those who haven't heard, is starting on November 1st and lasting until January 31st, you can download the full copy of We Fit You, like the entire game, for free and play it for free for up to 30 days, entire game. And at that point, it will lock your eShop copy that you download. For some people, that's more than enough time to play the yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for me, no. <laughs> for me, who never plays his games, no. Uh, it So it'll lock down after 30 days, but to re-unlock it, you just go buy the 1999 Fit Meter and sync it into the game with the IR Blaster. Because that's how it syncs. It has an IR Blaster that communicates with the gamepad. Yeah, like the so, Pokewalker. Exactly. Yeah. It literally is a Pokewalker with some new internals. But point being, it's free or it's only 20 bucks. You need a balance board to play, obviously. Unless you're only doing the fitness stuff. But I don't think... I think you're like you, you're yeah. missing a good chunk of the package. I hope my sister's not planning on playing Wii Fit anymore because I really don't want to buy, have to buy another Do balance they even board. sell individual balance boards or do you have to get like a Wii Fit Plus bundle? I think all those Wii Fit Plus bundles. Yeah, that's like $70. Well, the balance board is a, does have a lot of tech. It's it really does. I mean, it's a scale. It's, it's a super fancy scale. And it's yeah. really, really accurate. Like, really like sensitive yeah. to like what yeah. you're, how you're positioned. So... I mean, just the fact that they didn't have to make a brand new one for the Wii U, I mean... They want, They couldn't. If they were to do that, they would straight up not sell anything. Well, like, there's right. no way. That's it. They had to pour a lot of tech into it from the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. they had to future-proof They actually it. tried, yeah. Yeah, they future-proofed. But, um... What was I saying? Yeah, so the game's free for 30 days if you have a balance board, and then it stays free once if you buy a fit meter. Alternatively... If you want to just wait till December 13th, you can go into a store, get a bundle of the game and the fit meter, or a bundle of the balance board of the game and the well, fit meter. Well, I can't wait that long. <laughs> I know, right? We're day one gamers. We I mean, to. I'm already like, like, oh, like I have to wait for Wind Waker, but... Yeah, that's annoying, by the way. Like, Wind Waker, everyone's out playing it right now, and we're just like, I want the physical copy, so we're waiting. It's our fault. It's a total first world problem, but it's yeah. annoying. Uh, but yeah, back to this, so... This I don't really care too much about. I, I would rather have this game downloaded. I don't want to keep taking the disc in and out every time I want to update yeah. something or check something. Yeah, no, this is Plus, definitely... It's like Animal Crossing. It's one of those games that download makes more sense. Yeah, or Brain Age. That's why I've downloaded Or Brain, Brain Age, Age. Yeah. yeah. But one of the things that... I don't know, like... I don't have a bounce board, but I, I'm, I'm almost thinking, like, for 20 bucks, just using the fit meter parts of the game might be worth it. Like... Hmm. Well, I guess then it depends, like, how much of the game requires the balance board. Because I remember... To Everything your, but the fit meter. Because, I mean, to make your profile, I mean, they, you, ha you have to have your BMI. You have to have... Oh, that's true. In that case, you will need... That's probably why they keep stressing you need a balance and, board. And I'm going to assume, like, 90% of the activities require the balance board. Even doing, yeah. like, push-ups and setup required the balance board, so it knows you're actually doing yeah. it. Yeah. No, now that I think about it, you're right. They did say in the video multiple times you need a balance board to do this, so... That yeah. rules out my idea. But yeah, alternatively, third option. If and you don't want... you still have your copy of Raving Rabbids? Don't you want to do that butt snowboarding or whatever? I don't right? have the right Rabbids for that. Oh, wait, they... the second or third one. I have uh, oh, well, they brought that activity kind of back with in this one with... Um... Yeah, they have the sol... The sol... Sol... What do you call it? The thing where you're in the tube going down the thing? Not solemn. Jamaican bobsled team. Yeah, bobsled. Bobsled. Oh. Bobsled. Solemn is where you weave through the flags while skiing. Random movie. It's entertaining. That is very bad. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember what it was called. With the Jamaican bobsledding team? Yeah. That, that, was, that was the hook, because it's a uh, Jamaican bobsledding yeah. team. Yeah, which doesn't make sense, because they don't have snow or ice. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, bobsled, bobsledding man. Probably not. No. Right, anyways. <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, so they have the physical coming out December 13th, and then, if you don't want physical, but you don't want to do the trial for whatever reason, starting on February 1st is when they'll do the full eShop download for the normal price. Yikes. But I don't know why anyone would do that because you can download it for free before 
February 1st. Like, if you have the option, why would you wait till February 1st? I guess if you don't plan on buying a Wii U till then. Right, no, but I'm saying if you have a Wii U, there's no reason not... Well, like, I might download it even though I don't have the passport, just guess, to have it. I guess it's Nintendo's way of going, like, oh, you decided to get a, a PS4 or Xbox One during the time period? Oh, when I have to pay for... Yeah, it's go. they're being passive-aggressive <laughs> at, at people that want, like, gamer systems, yeah. I guess. But, uh, I don't know a few people that really want to get a Wii U this holiday season, but aren't just because of that. Yeah, honestly, I feel like Nintendo blew their lead here. They had a they had a year. Yeah, I mean, like the, to establish the, a base. Yeah, especially the Zelda bundle. People are like, oh, I really want to get it, but I'm already getting a PS4. I'll just have to get it February. Yeah, or blah blah. Honestly, if Zelda came out in like May, if they did all this in May, the three hundred dollar price drop, the or well, dropping to three hundred dollars, the uh, the bundle with Wind Waker, it would have done wonders for the Wii U. I feel like. Yep. But, but yeah. But, um, back to the Wii Fit U Direct, though. Wii Fit actually wasn't the only game that was in that Direct. I kind of, I think I said at the top of this, but Wii Sports is back. I know, well. I was like, wait, this is not Wii Fit. Wii <laughs> You're Fit lying Direct. to me, Nintendo. No, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> it changed games on me. You can't just switch. They, yeah. they, they could have at least changed the logo, like, if they have it flip from Wii Fit Direct to Wii Sports Club Direct or something. Actually, well, you, you should go make their Directs from now on, because that's a good idea. But, um, but yeah, so they announced Wii Sports Club, which is an HD remake of the original Wii Sports with a few major changes. Most notably, it's now online. You can play online in a regional or state level clubs, hence the it's name. It's kind of cool. That, I like it's that super idea. cool. Yeah, so it's like, it's like going to a real fitness club. Except you're not. Except you're not. You're staying in your house. But you can still chat with people as if you are. During any match, this is the other major feature, during any match, you can share Miiverse messages. Either type them out or draw them. So like, if it's bowling and you're waiting your turn, just write something to someone taunt them or whatever but and now on top of that yeah, you're be like, oh, los angeles versus new york club and then yeah competing although i think nintendo has only preset regions so like california oregon washington I state i've seen new york though yeah well new york is a state third probably yeah. <laughs> well, anyway. but uh yeah so you can do that and then they're also upgrading the sensitivity of all the sports so it will work with motion plus and be more accurate i think it's only motion plus oh yeah it is only motion plus you're right yeah uh, so that launches actually really soon. You know, for like a game that's as high profile as this, in theory, it launches November seventh, which is like six weeks from now, roughly. When you put it that way, it's still over a month from now. It's before we get Mario Three D World. Have, it's before we get uh, a link between worlds. Like over a week of September and all of October. Here, let me put it in game release terms. It's the next thing after Wind Waker and Pokemon. Actually, that makes it sound further, not closer. Yeah, considering Wind Waker's October 4. Yeah, and Pokemon's October 12. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so it's gonna they're going to launch only with tennis and bowling, with boxing, golf, and baseball to come later. And actually brings me back to kind of this running theme in this direct of weird pricing. And that's that uh, Wii Sports Club itself is free when you, do- you download it for free. It's like Zen Pinball. Yeah, exactly. And then you get the 24 hell. hours to play it for free. At which point you don't have to pay up in multiple ways. You can either pay ten dollars per sport, which I actually think is not a bad deal because if you don't want, like the game would retail for fifty normally, and there's five sports. So if you buy the whole package, you're not paying any more than you normally would. But you can choose to pay less if you want to care about a couple sports. Like I may only get golf, tennis, and bowling. Like I don't care about baseball and uh, boxing as much. So that's only thirty bucks. If baseball is just how it was in the original, then it probably isn't worth buying because you're only pitching and. Hitting. My guess is it's going to be... Remember when they first revealed the Wii U and they showed catching with the... Or they showed aiming oh, with the gamepad? Right. I bet you that will be in there. 
Yeah, and like with golf, yeah, and like with golf, where you, you had you put the gamepad on the ground and the ball was there and you had to is line up. Is that why only remote. tennis and bowling are available? Because it's the easiest to port. Maybe. Wow, that would make the most sense. But uh, well, so yeah, those are gonna be ten bucks a pop, which actually, like I said, isn't that bad in my opinion. Or alternatively, what you can do is what they're calling the day pass, which also fits into the like fitness club theme, where you can pay for twenty four hours access to all five sports, and it costs you two bucks to do that, and. Some people are like, oh, that's stupid microtransaction, like, crap, why would you do that? I actually don't think it's that bad of an idea. Like, there's so many people that bring out their Wii only when, like, there's family get-togethers, you know, like, oh, let's all play Wii Tennis, you know, for Christmas or Thanksgiving. So they don't need, they don't see a reason to pay $10 for a game they're going to play every so often. Or, like, man, I want all five sports, but I only play them, like, four times a year. Why would I spend $50? If you want to play it on Christmas, that's, like, two bucks a year. Right, so it's, like, two bucks, or, like... Yeah, and I mean, obviously people play a few more times than that, but $50 for those five sports versus, let's say, $15 if you do it, uh, no, it'd have to be 16 If you do it eight days a year, $16, that's a much more affordable deal. It's actually, it's, I think it's really smart of them to do this. It offers a really good alternative. Yeah, I, I think it's because people right away imagine that, they have, that they're going to have to be paying it every single day. Yeah. So. Yeah, because people are just like, oh, well, I'm going to play Wii Sports all the time. Like, the people that know about it right now, Wii Sports Club, are the ones that are going to play often because they're the gamers. They're the ones watching the Direct. So they're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's not worth it. Like, why would I pay $100 if I play it, you know, 50 days in a row and I just pay 50 and play it forever? But, yeah, but for the more casuals, it's really smart. Um, I think more significantly, both Wii Fit You and Wii Sports Club kind of demonstrate a bit of a turning point for the eShop. Like, uh, I actually did an extra about this, an article on the site a few days ago called Diving Into the eShop's Blue Ocean, and basically, uh, I'm saying that Nintendo's kind of mimicking, remember with the Wii and DS, how Nintendo kept saying, oh, we have a blue ocean strategy, we're like, we're going into, like, this, the, the ocean, we're, the red ocean we're currently in, as they put it, Wasn't is one, called Blue Ocean? It was Endless Ocean. Oh. Yeah. But, uh, there's a sequel called Endless Ocean Blue something. Though. The one with the shipwreck? Maybe when one the of kids them? and then take a survival game. Oh no 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 no! Endless Ocean was the scuba game. You just scuba dive into. And what's around. the one I'm thinking of? It's something blue. Into the blue. Into Lost in Blue. Oh, Lost, Lost in Blue, and it was for DS and it's from Konami, and it is a survival game on an island. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just spit out all that information. <laughs> I'm a video game Wikipedia, but no. Um, what does it say though? Is like the the strategy was Nintendo would say, all the people that we currently uh, sell to are in the red ocean. It's this overpopulated ocean where you can only sell to so many people before you run out of customers. If you go to the blue ocean, it's this big, open, vast ocean where you can, you know, it's big, open, vast new market that you can sell people, sell to people who previously didn't care or didn't know. Or, so it's like untapped, potential untapped money they can get. So that's how they, that was the Wii DS idea, go after your casuals. And I feel like they're now kind of mimicking that with the eShop, where the eShop's been a very gamer-oriented service. Yeah. Like, you know, they've had great deals for us, early releases, uh, promotions, like get Shimigami Tensei for free, or not for free, get Shimigami Tensei, get Fire Emblem, free $50. Like, that's something a casual, sure, $50 is nice, but they don't care about those games necessarily. So by playing Wii Sports, by putting Wii Fit on the eShop exclusively, it's a huge gamble, but they're basically trying to get the casuals to go to the eShop. Because once they go once, Nintendo has found that people will download again in the future. So it's easy money. It's easy money. And, uh, yeah, it's like a drug. It's easy money, and on top of that, they make more money off every person because there's no distribution, there's no shipping, there's no uh, retailers that get a cut, that sort of thing. So, the article basically explained that viewpoint. I think I just summed it up almost too much. But, yeah, go check out the article. Uh, dive, it's, once again, diving into the eShop's Blue Ocean, gramtown.com. It's right next to this episode on the homepage. 
But I mean, it'll be it, time will tell if this will work. Like if putting Wii Fit out there early and putting Wii Sports only digital will actually work. Because like in the case of Wii Fit, it won't be on shelves until after Black Friday, which is the big holiday rush. Like it comes out literally two weeks before Christmas. Not even two weeks. It's like, yeah, I guess about two weeks. It's twelve days before Christmas, I think. Well, the thirteenth to the twenty fifth. Yeah, that'd be twelve. Yeah, it's uh. So yeah, they're not they're they're taking a gamble by saying yeah we're gonna put it on the eShop, and I bet they're gonna have a huge marketing campaign to get people to know there's these downloads on the eShop of their favorite you know we fit and we sport because we know but the soccer moms don't yeah and hopefully that's what they're going it does after. well yeah hopefully but I mean so are you gonna get either of them definitely you... getting we fit you somehow I still don't know what version I'm getting I mean, if I could convince my sister to give me her balance board then I'll just get the twenty dollar pedometer and that's it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'll just get my own. Like the whole bundle. I wish they announced pricing for the combo for the different bundles. Yeah, like I don't know. It's gonna be like ninety bucks, like the last one. I yeah. Mean, it'd, yeah, it'd be seventy for the game and the balance board, and then twenty for the. Well, well, no, it's probably gonna be. I feel like it's gonna be discounted if they do all three. So it'd probably be like. Well, I mean, you still get the game for free essentially because I always true. figured the balance board is seventy bucks regardless. True. True. But I don't know. That's just based off of what it used to cost. Right. That makes sense. I mean, the pricing hasn't changed that much. I don't think. But uh, and we what about we sports club? I don't think so. I I, I, I really? never I never really liked we sports original that much. It's only really fun. Well, oh, oh, well I, no, I take that back. I shouldn't say I didn't like it. I would always rather play something else, but I was okay when we had to play it. Right. I feel like the online might be the saving grace of it, kind of. Because the problem I had with we sports originally is I really enjoyed it, but half the time I was playing, like luckily we weren't too much like real sports. I'd rather get a Mario twist into it. Oh, that wasn't my issue. My issue was just like playing solo got boring. But, like, oh. <laughs> luckily the Wii came out literally, right, like, the Wii peaked when we were in college, which is, like, the most social place you can be. So, it was really fun to play Wii Sports and Smash Bros and all that in college with a bunch of, like, you know, everyone's like, yeah, everyone's like, yeah, let's go play, blah, blah, blah. But, so now that's gone, now that we're done with college, I feel like the online almost fills that void a little, so. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to end up, I think I said this already, but I feel like I'm going to end up with tennis and bowling and maybe golf, and that'll probably be it. Wii Fit, I don't know, I really wish there was a way I can just do the fit meter part. Because I don't care. Much uh, about once I find out exactly like how much has changed, I'm, I don't know. Maybe maybe golf is not interesting. I always find golf kind of fun. Yeah, play. it's one of those things that Nintendo's really have to show how it's enhanced on Wii U. Like kind of like we were saying, like with baseball, where you use yeah. the gamepad, or like golf, where you use the gamepad. But because I'm almost running out of space on my homepage, and I guess I could delete Zen Tim Bosons. I really have <laughs> nothing on there. The yeah. demo is like 20 seconds of the table or whatever. Yeah. At least Nintendo gives you 24 hours with Wii Sports. Play your heart's content. I have a question. When playing. is Shovel Knight coming out? I feel like that's been. Shovel Knight's out by the end of the year, I think. Oh, interesting. It's a holiday, I think. Oh. Wait, no. No, that can't be right. Maybe it's 2014, end of 2014. Sounds right, because they have a lot of stretch goals to add. Yeah, no, it's 2014. Sorry. Mm. End of 2014. Holiday 2014. That is right, holiday, just the wrong year. No, it's around that. I think. I might be totally wrong. But, uh. I'm not sure. But yeah, outside of, um. We the Wii Fit U Direct Nintendo did make a few switching gears. Nintendo did make a few other first party announcements that are kind of worth noting. Um, one of them is about Pokemon X and Y. We're in the home stretch, as we mentioned a little bit ago. It's coming out on October twelfth, which is like three weeks from now, as of this recording. So that's that's soon. Uh, and what they announced is actually uh, that. Well, I don't. Let me re- rephrase this. I feel like there's a theme, unintentional theme in Pokemon X and Y of variety. 
like just how much variety can we cram in like new pokemon that's variety sure mega evolutions oh that's more variety it's a pokemon you know but now they look different trainer custom ability oh or customizing oh look your trainer's now variety like everything's variety yeah so what they're doing now which further backs my theory is um they're changing up how they do the different genders of the same pokemon like nidoran back in the day there's the male and female and they look slightly different and they've done that before where they look a little different but they're really similar well, Nidoran and Nidorino, or whatever, yeah. like, well, Nidoking King and Nidoking, Queen, like, their stats were pretty different. But they look pretty similar. Eh, well, the baby form dip, once yeah. they evolved, like, they were pretty different. Oh, I, I, I said, I mean, one was purple, one was blue, one had, was more female looking. Yeah, well, what they're doing now, they're kind of, they're kind of, like, taking that a step further, I feel like, with X and Y. They announced that there's specific genders, types. So there's two Pokemon, in particular, they revealed. There's, uh, let's swear... I don't remember the name, but one is, like, more offensive and one is more defensive. So Meowstick. Meowstick's one of them. And, yeah, I think it's either Meowstick or the other one. Okay, but I'll just summarize them real quick and then you can say the stats thing, because I'm not sure which is which, but it might jog your memory. Uh-huh. So, Meowstick is a cat-looking thing, and the male one's one color, like, totally one color. Like, it's, like, white with blue, and the female's blue with white, so they're, like, polar opposites. Yeah, I think that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, and they have, like, different hair completely, yeah. and they look really different. Like, they're similar, but they almost look like... One almost looks like, like a baby form or an evolution of the other, kinda, but they're the same Pokemon. Or, like, they have a, a lion Pokemon now called Pyroar, it's a fire type, and the male one looks like a lion, and the female one looks like a lioness. Like, they both look kind of like if you went to the plains of Africa and you looked at a male and female lion, and then you gave them orange hair and said they could shoot fire well, out Well, lionesses don't have manes. Like That's my one. point. Yeah. I know, but yeah, this one just has like one long streak of hair, though. Yeah, this one has a ponytail. <laughs> yeah, but it's... It's Dixie Kong. Of the, it's the Dixie Kong of the Pokemon world. Yeah, it looks odd. But yeah, but my point being, they look very different. Like, they... No, no, yeah. They could arguably be different Pokemon. No, yeah, no, yeah. Which I mean, is not how it was with the Nidoran Yeah, because family yeah, the they were different Pokemon. These are yeah, the it's the same Pokemon that just looks very different. So once again, variety. Yeah, and There's and similarly, yeah, yeah, similarly, like they're now having multiple Mega Evolutions of the I same know, Pokemon. Well, I mean, like, and this is not gender specific, but I mean, they also have that poodle that like you could groom oh, yeah. and you get different stats. Yeah, uh, uh, what's his name? Furfro, Furfru, 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 F U R F R O U. And yeah, it's you. You basically groom it how you want, and it can have like Uggs on. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. its feet look like Uggs in one case. Yeah, so I guess there would be like physical attack or higher defense. Yeah, blah blah blah. And I think there's what four varieties of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah Which is it's like Eevee, but instead of picking the stone, it's just how you raise it. So once again, more variety than ever before in a different way than before. And what I was starting to say about Mega Evolutions is they're actually mixing those up too now. Where turns out Mega Mewtwo is only one of two Mega Mewtwo's. The Mega Mewtwo we've been seeing up till now is Mega Mewtwo Y. Who, as the name implies, will only appear in Pokemon Y. Why? Um, why not? And that, that, for those who might not know what I'm talking about, that's the Mewtwo with the handle on the back of his head, so you can carry him around like a GameCube. That's that Mewtwo. Then there's Mega Mewtwo X, who appears in Pokemon X, and he looks like a million times better, in my opinion. So I'm very happy that the the one in the game I'm planning to get, I was always planning to get X over Y, so I'm quite happy that I got the cooler Mewtwo with like the uh, body armor. I, I think it got... I think I like Y better. But maybe really? I, think, I think that's only because I feel like I got used to him already. I like X so much better. X looks more like... I just didn't like the handle. He looks, he looks too similar to Mewtwo for me. I just don't like the handle on Y. There's no, there's never going to be an opportunity or a situation where you're going to go, Mewtwo, let me carry you around like a lunchbox. Like, that's not... Why does he have a handle on his head? Why does he... I mean, normal Mewtwo has a handle on, it, on his back. Well, that's like his spine. Well, this yeah. thing on his head is like just a random growth. It doesn't make sense. 
Um, I don't know. Maybe Pokemon I'm, or Pokemon, they could. That's true. Have whatever. But but either way, how it works is so in Pokemon X, you get access to one type of Mega Stone Evolution Stone thing, and in Y, you get I think they're called Mega Stones, right? And in Y, you get a different one, and that's so you could trade them between the two versions once you do it, but you can only find the stone initially. Yeah, they could still get Mega Mewtwo X and in y. y and Mega Y and X. They should just reverse it like they did in Black and White. Like you can only get Mega Mewtwo Y and X. <laughs> that like, would get really confusing. Because really I mean, fast. in Pokemon Black, you can only get Reshiram, which is the white one, and in Pokemon White, you can only get Zekrom, which is the black right, one. Right, right. Yeah, but they they weren't named after the other color. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that'd be super confusing. So I got Pokemon X, and I'm trying to get Mewtwo Y, and then send it to my friend's copy of Y, and he's going to give me his X on his Y. It's like, what? <laughs> but uh, but I think, you know, I think the uh, all of this, like, the way they're handling everything with this new Pokemon game, like, I don't know if it means... I don't know what it means. I mean, they're obviously changing how they do a new Pokemon game. I mean, clearly, it's 3D now, but besides all that, like, just how they, like, approach new Pokemon. Like, it used to be they're always just new breeds. They're always just new types. You know, uh, type as in not, not like, well, I mean, very the, dark. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, type, like, Pikachu versus, you know, Tangela or something. Like, yeah. What? I, <laughs> let me rephrase. When I said new breeds and new types, I meant new Pokemon, period. I just saying it two different ways for no reason. Like, yeah. Pikachu's a Pokemon, and Tango is a Pokemon, and they are different from one another. No, no, yeah, they're, 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 to do that. They're, yeah, they're upping the... The variety. The form. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of forms already in this last generation with Legendary. But this is, like, a whole nother level. I mean, yeah. I know they had the one that could, like, morph into a couple different things, but this is, like, they're well, taking old Pokemon and, like, reinventing them. It's a way for them to, like, bolster the number of changes they've made without actually thinking of new things. Yeah. Which makes me wonder, are they actually... Has it happened? Was 700 the number? Are they now actually out of Pokemon ideas? And that's why they're doubling down on older ones and just reinventing them? Or is it just like, let's mix it up and go crazy and just do as many weird things as we can and they just start popping out bizarro Pokemon? Well, I mean, did, did they say 700 or what? It's at least 700. I know there's for sure at least 50 new ones. Well, there's 694 already. Oh, something. so that's probably like 750 bare minimum. I think they said there's they, less they, than 100 they, new ones. I think it's like 90-something. Oh. Huh. Maybe it's 100, but it's not it's 150. It, it, it's usually, it, it's always at least 100. Yeah, it might be 100, but it's 100, definitely not 150. I know that. No, I know. Um, the, what's it called? Um, Black and White was the only one to actually have 150. Because it didn't have any repeats whatsoever. Right, Every right. other generation before that always Mixed has... Mixed and mingled, yeah. They always have your Geodudes and Zubats. And yep, tentacles. yep, yeah. There's a lot They're of Geodudes. They're always there. Yeah. And I mean, like, oh, sure, you don't have them in black and white, but you still have your Woobats and whatever that are going to appear They're just as frequently. Thing, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. We I just... still call them, like, oh, what's the Pidgey of this game? Or what's right, the right. But yeah, I just find it very, I don't know, I just find it interesting that they're actually going back to the well, so to speak. They're not com- They're not doing completely new things. They're taking what worked. Well, they've been doing that for a while. I mean, like, fourth generation, Diamond and Pearl, um, yeah. they reused a lot of Pokemon, like, almost but they didn't. A, a lot of first gen Pokemon got evolution like Magmar. Um, I'm drawing a blank right now. Um, Electabuzz, Magneton, True. Tangela. And I, guess, I guess even babies back in like Gold and Silver Sneasel. were like them reinventing the first gen a little. Like when they introduced babies. Jermaine, Bonsley. Yeah, they got babies. They have, yeah. they, Generation 2 had a lot of babies. Mm-hmm. I guess, I, I don't know. I guess just because this one's like literally, they're like, it's a Charizard until it isn't. And then it is again. Like, that's, it's just different. But yeah, as long as you just think of it as it's always the Charizard, just... Yeah. Temporarily. Yeah, and I mean, regardless, I'm still buying the game. So, I, I'm just... I find it an interesting pivot of how they used to do it. That's all. And, hey, I mean, clearly it's working for them because uh, the producer of Pokemon X and Y, a guy named 
Junichi Masuda. Ha. Junichi Masuda, he's the, I believe he's the producer of X and Y. He tweeted that pre-orders of both Pokemon X and Y have passed one million copies already. One million pre-orders. Yeah. So they're doing something right, clearly. It's not the one billion from Grand Theft Auto. Well, that's one billion dollars. That's a little different. Not one billion copies. Oh, that's true. That means if it's the game, they're, they're already at 30 million or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of which, just just tossing this out there, it's not really Nintendo related, but props to Rockstar for making a game that can sell a billion dollars worth of copies in 72 hours. That's the biggest entertainment launch for anything ever. That's really impressive. It is. Like, they know how to make us a good product, they know how to make practice in demand. Kind of made me feel weird when I was in line at Best Buy. Getting Wonderful 101 and everyone's... No, oh. no, I, that, that came out on Sunday. This came out on Tuesday. Right, right. Um, I was in the line, there were like... A, like Two or three of the people with um, Grand Theft Auto, and I was the only one with like the puppeteer. <laughs> I I thought it was really weird. I was, was like, "Oh, you go Grand Theft Auto?" When I was going to the register, like, "Oh no, it's the puppeteer." Like, "What's the puppeteer?" It's like, "Oh, it's, yeah." It's why did Sony send that to die? Yeah. Why it, release it on the same? Everyone was joking, like, "Oh, I'm not going to GameStop to get Grand Theft Auto. I'm getting Hot Wheels, like cruising the world or whatever." That's kind of cool. But really, <laughs> but um, but no. Why did Sony puppeteer or something? They really that seemed like a really cool idea. Why it is they... cool. It's fun and the. the Visual style is amazing. Like it's, it's like Sony doing and with Nintendo. 3D, it's like wow. Is it like, basically Sony's Nintendo game, like in yeah. in concept? Yeah, it's, but it's, it's very weird awesome. that they just kind of snuck it out. Really liking it. If you have a PS3, you should get it. Nice, <laughs> nice sneaking in of impressions just now. <laughs> 3D is pretty cool. All right, but uh, no, I was gonna say though that yeah, no, with GTA Five though, I was uh, so many random people just brought it up to me. Like I was buying my my new iPhone 5s at a Best Buy on Friday, and wow, we're just full of plugging songs. Uh, yeah, and uh, I was talking like when I was there, like the, the cashier, we were just chatting, and then the first thing he asked me is like, "So have you played Grand Theft Auto Five yet?" I'm like, first of all, how you know I'm a gamer? Like literally, I just walked up and got an iPhone. Are you wearing like, the shirt you're wearing now? No, I'm not. I was not wearing a Bullet Bill T-shirt like I am now, or a Triforce T-shirt, or a Nintendo World Store T-shirt, or Andros. I think those are the only three I have, but. No, I was wearing, like, I, was, I came Andros, from... Andros, I said Andros. Oh, and Andros, yeah, I wasn't wearing that. I came from work, I was wearing, like, a button-down or something. But it's weird, like, he didn't even go, like, he just assumed, well, I'm the right age, I must have played it. And then, like, yeah. No, like, no, I don't even have a PS3. Well, no, I was just like, haven't yet, <laughs> which awesome. isn't a lie. But I asked him how it was, and he was just gushing about it. But it's just, like, it's that, it's, like, that much of, like, a water cooler talk sort of thing. Like, it's, like, you know how people after a TV show airs, the next day they're in the office, like, oh, my God, can you believe what happened on Breaking Bad, da da it, yeah, it's too bad like, I can't tell it to you too. Yeah, because I still need to watch Breaking Bad. I know. I already know what's gonna happen. It's gonna, the finale is like next week or whatever. It's gonna air, and then two days later, I'll be like, "Well, time to start watching and start with episode one, season one." But yeah, this we're totally on a tangent now. But what were we talking about? Pokemon. We just wrapped up Pokemon. Oh, so we can switch gears to another Nintendo announcement that happened, and that was uh, Smash Bros. We now know that Princess Peach is back in the upcoming Super Smash Bros. for Wii U and 3DS. I don't think anyone's surprised at all. The pictures make her look really good. Like, yeah. The graphics, like, whoa. Yeah, those like, are... It looks so good. Like, the picture of her looking at Link is just like, dang. Yeah, cool. it looks really good. And it looks, looks so soft. Yeah. Soft and, like... So, like, like, soft lighting and super, yeah, it just yeah, looks, super it just clear. It looks really nice. Like, it, it does. And yeah. it's interesting because uh, the producer of that series... I was talking about the Pokemon producer a few minutes ago, but... Uh, Masahiro Sakurai, the guy that runs Smash Bros., he was uh, saying on Miiverse when he announced her that her moveset may be changing. Like, it might be different than what it was in the last ones, which I think is the first one he's actually outright said it might be different moves. Because hmm. with the others, he's just like, oh yeah, they can do this now. But then he never says, like, they're changing completely. 
So um, that could be interesting. Yeah. But I don't know, because Peach was kind of fun. Honestly, she, Peach she, is kind of fun to play she as. She was always considered like a like a character that was up there. So yeah. I don't know what they... I don't know if, if they meant in the way to, oh, we got a nerf her a little or... Or, or maybe there's some move that he was just never happy with. Who knows? Yeah, and I don't even know if it, for sure it's going to happen. He just said there's a possibility. Yeah. Which is kind of well, like... I mean, well, I mean, based on pictures, like, you, looked, could, you could tell some moves got aesthetic changes to them. Yeah. Like, like her up... B? Her, her, her up smash. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, probably has, like, that ribbon going around yeah. now. So, I mean, just... Adding graphical flourishes. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But, no, I mean, I, I, it's kind of like, did did you really ever play as Peach in Smash Bros? No, like, yeah. Does this I, affect I, you? I, I main Peach for Melee and somewhat Brawl. So I, I definitely use Peach a lot. So yeah, no, no, I, I think it's cool. I'd rather have more a new moveset than the same old thing. I'd rather have a new character announced than a returning one. Like it's great that Peach is back, but why doesn't he say like, "Oh, look, here's Cause Tom Nook"? Because then they're gonna run out of things to announce. That's and true. I guess it is like half, I, it is like nine months away. It, it is nicer to have more surprises. Like I mean, I know I'm gonna spoil the list for myself before the game comes out, but I mean, even if you don't want to spoil it, it'll just be on Miiverse. <laughs> Like yeah. Nintendo will post, Nintendo will post it themselves. So. Well, no, I mean Nintendo was good about um, not spoiling. it. remember for the dojo, they had question mark people in addition. Oh right, and you had to click through. Yeah, I mean everyone they revealed that was new were people that were already unlocked from the very beginning. Oh, I thought you meant those characters. You meant the secret characters. Oh yeah, the secret characters. Oh, I thought you meant the unlocked from the beginning no, characters, no, no. which is why it's kind of like no, what? No, it doesn't matter. Ah, gotcha. But uh, yeah, that that was really all I had to say about Smash Bros. Just kind of worth knowing that peach who seems to be at least liked by us is back so that actually also wraps up that's um, not peachy it is peachy that she's back that also wraps i know you said not but i'm correcting you says it's saying it is well peachy. i'm saying i'm still saying it's not well it is anyway that that pretty much wraps up uh the first party news but there was some third party game news as well over these past couple weeks um the tokyo game show happened in japan in japan i almost said in japan like yeah obviously tokyo's in japan in japan so there's some stuff out there and there's also some other stuff just from third parties, but I think the biggest, not the biggest, but the one that caught our eye at Tokyo Game Show is probably the return of Theater Rhythm Final Fantasy, which is the Final Fantasy Rhythm game that came out on 3DS and later uh, iOS. Good game. And yeah, they're making a sequel now for 3DS. It's going to be called, well, they're kind of making a sequel for 3DS. It's going to be called um, Theater Rhythm Final Fantasy Curtain Call, and it's a bit of a, it's like they're rock banding it. They're like taking what worked with Rock Band, like making a platform to release DLC on. And then using that as the new game. So on the one hand, it is a sequel. It's gonna have um, it's gonna have new tracks. It's gonna have new gameplay elements. For example, uh, in the original game, there was two different types of music mini games that you played to. There's either bat- field or battle, and they work differently. Well, there, like, there were three. Oh uh, well, these two they're combining into one now. There's gonna be a new quest mode where you go between battles and field. Field uh-huh. was where you like followed a track of the. Yeah, it's like said, a horizontal track of notes and you follow along. Yeah, that's the one I said that was most like a lead beat agent. Yeah. The battle was more like Guitar Hero and the last one is kind of weird. It's kind of like the first one except it's not. <laughs> oh, good description. <laughs> yeah. Is could, that the one with the full motion videos? Yeah, that's the one with the full motion videos. You're basically playing cutscenes. Well, yeah, because yeah, everything is restricted on one screen. Right. And the other one is kind of like you're just following the whole time. Right, right. This one is like, it is weird. It's, yeah, I guess it's pretty much the same thing, just designed differently. Yeah. But, so at least for the two where they're not based around videos, uh, they're, yeah, there's now that quest mode. There's also, they're also adding um, the ability to power up the characters in the game. You're going to be able to collect in-game cards, which then you can grant extra abilities to characters yeah, with. Like in the first one, except I don't know if they added abilities, they were just cards. So. Oh, well, I think they add abilities now. Um, and lastly, most interestingly, multiplayer mode. 
it's kind of like those puzzle games where like if I, you know we're each doing our own thing, but then if you do well, you can send an item that sabotages the other player. Oh, it's gonna be like that. So that's what they're adding, but uh, so that's in a way a sequel. But on the other hand, it's almost like just an expansion pack because it has every single song and every single level and every single everything from the first game. Hmm. It's like the first game plus all this new stuff, and then they're gonna start doing DLC from there. And have it be like they're not gonna release. Well, a I mean, the first game. one already had DLC. So. Yeah, but no, they're planning to do like long-term DLC. Like, oh. You know how Rock Band released songs for years after it came out. Like the Rock Band store is active for like five years. Oh wow! So yeah, one of the developers was saying that uh, they're planning. Square Enix is just planning to. They already have like all the DLC planned out, and they want to add more niche song, niche not niche niche, niche songs, and they want to add more like stuff from games that aren't out yet. So they're planning to do this as like a long haul thing. So this will most likely be the last physical copy of The Rhythm Final Fantasy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you were a fan of the first one. So are you thinking you're going to pick this one up? Definitely not. <laughs> okay. Well, well, I mean, not the answer I expected. Well, it's simple. It's simple, really. Oh, um, do tell. <laughs> I, I mean, as I said it the first time, I haven't and I didn't then and I still haven't played Final just about any Final Fantasy game. I just know... The music, I mean, I know enough about each game to appreciate the music, and there's some tracks that I really, really liked, and all those tracks were in the first one. And the one track that wasn't in there, I bought for DLC later. Ah. Which I actually, which I also, which made me buy another song by mistake because it had the same name. Right. But. Oh, I remember that. The yeah. point is, like, all the songs I would know and that I appreciate are already in the game. Mm-hmm. So giving me another game where there's probably even more niche songs that, I mean, I haven't played a Final Fantasy game, so. Yeah. There's more songs there that I'm going to not care about, so. That makes sense. Yeah, there's no reason for me to get another one. But with that said, you did enjoy the first, right? Yeah, so, I mean, I still recommended the first one even to people that didn't play Final Fantasy game. Right. Which I guess would still hold true for this one if it's the same game plus more. So. Right. Which is a good segue, actually, to the next thing I was going to say. Yeah, there's more reason that... not to get it. It's the same. If it's At least half of it's the same. Yeah. The other half is brand new. 90 new songs. But, I think uh, Galaxy 2, I guess. But yeah, the thing I... What? I said, I guess it's more like Galaxy 2 than Yeah, anything. it's kind of like the Galaxy 2 rock band hybrid. But, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, the one thing I was going to say, though, is speaking of the original, you wrote, this was like a year ago, but we might as well bring it back up. Um, you wrote one of our first extras on the site. It was an article called 3DS Rhythm Rundown. And you talked about the rhythm and why it's worth playing. And you also compared it to another rhythm game rhythm released. Piece. Yeah, which was released like literally the same time. Yeah. For, also for 3DS. So, you know, if anyone's on the fence about the rhythm in general, be it the sequel coming out or the original, check out Jose's article on the site, 3DS Rhythm Rundown is what it's called. About. It's from, like, last August, like August some, of 2012. Some people seem to find it helpful. But yeah, no, it's it's just, like, what makes each game good, which one you should buy. So check that out if you have any interest, because there, there are some good rhythm game options on 3DS for sure. Yep. So, yeah, look at check out that. And there's also um, a podcast episode right next to it on the page. I believe the episode is called Summer of Rhythm, and it was, like, more impressions, even. So you can just listen to that, or you can read the article. But we we are your top source behind all the other sources for <laughs> theater rhythm information. So look into that if you're curious. Um, one, game that was at, one game that you would think would be at Tokyo Game Show that isn't uh, theater rhythm is a JRPG, but it wasn't there because it's not made by a Japanese company, even though it's a... Japan-style RPG. It's actually being made by Ubisoft, who's French. But it's a game that would fit perfectly at Tokyo Game Show, and they just announced it. It's called uh, Child of Light. And so, like I said, it's a new... I'm actually kind of intrigued about this one. It's a new JRPG. It's a side-scrolling adventure with turn-based battles, basically. 
the whole game is being built. High scrolling adventure with turn based battle. You're exploring the world side scroll. If you encounter an enemy, it jumps like into like in the dream worlds of Mario Luigi's, pretty much. Yeah, oh. yeah, right. actually, yeah. But it's being <laughs> built. Uh, that's a good comparison. It's being built um, on the engine that powers Rayman Origins and Rayman Legends, oh. the Ubi Art framework, which makes gorgeous games. And this one's no exception. It looks like a watercolor come to life. And it even like Archie they, games. it's like very like fairy tale ish, even to the point that all the dialogue and all the everything like talking is in rhyme. Oh wow! The entire game's in rhyme. But yeah, so so uh, it's being made by I believe the Montreal team or the Montpelier team of Ubisoft. I think it's Montreal. the The creative director of Far Cry Three is in charge of this, which is like quite a quite a change in past. Well, that's him. quite a Far Cry. It is. It is. Good job with that pun. You yeah. almost it almost fit in perfectly. But um, but yeah, so it's uh, the the big thing about the game besides it looking great and being a weird change from a guy that did a first-person shooter, is that it's uh, you have two characters in it at all times. There's a girl named Aurora, who's the main character, and she has a ball of light that follows her around named Igniculus. I think that's how you would say it. And, um, yeah, so a second player can take on the role of Igniculus, and together use the two characters to solve puzzles and whatnot, which, you know, is kind of like the cave in that regard. But as, uh, as Aurora, you're, you know, fighting enemies, you have a party of people with you for battles... Do stuff like that, but they have a Nicholas who can like use his being a ball of light to do anything from uh, you know reaching areas that Aurora can't, since he can just flow around the screen, to um, providing assistance with battles. Specifically, he can uh, collect you know mana and all that stuff flying around. He can heal party members, and most interestingly, and this is actually what I think is the coolest part, he can make the enemies have delayed attacks. Like, you can kind of control when enemies attack, because the game has a system that Ubisoft is calling um, the Active Time Battle System Meter. And basically, it will show you when each enemy's going to attack. Like, there's a little bar that de- decreases. Okay. And to some extent, I'm guessing this is limited by some sort of, like, num- stat or number, but Igniculus can blind the enemies, which then pushes the meter back. So if you're juggling... So presumably that means you'll be juggling a lot of enemies at once, and it's going to be a lot more, like, rapid-fire battling, so, like... If you're fighting one guy, and the next guy you know has a very powerful attack, and his turn's about to come up, you could presumably push that back, give yourself time to heal your party, and then go after him, or something like that. So it opens up some interesting strategies. strategic. Yeah, it could be cool. But, I mean, beyond that, the battle system's straight-up JRPG. Like, Ubisoft being very blunt that they're going for the JRPG vibe. So, you know, you have uh, magic and weaponry experience, leveling up, multiple party members, all that jazz. But the game looks gorgeous. So, I don't know, it's uh, it's going to be a download on the Wii U eShop, among other systems, in 2014. And it's kind of one of those things that I feel like you should just keep an eye on. Like, I don't know... I don't know how it will turn out, but right now it looks great. It's being powered by the engine that makes the very, very purdy uh, Rayman Legends. So, it's, it's something to keep an eye on. On the flip side, I it's... Ubisoft obviously isn't an indie developer, but they're falling into the problem that a lot of indie developers have, where all the indie games on the eShop are 2D, methodical, side-scrolling adventures. So It is the easiest thing to make, I guess. Yeah. So it's kind of like, like, if this was, like, if Ubisoft just did this in, like, a vacuum, like, there's no eShop, and they were just like, let's just do this. We're going to be different. That would be super cool and be really original, but right now it's just kind of me too-ish. Although it looks gorgeous. Yeah. And the, and the battle system sounds like. So is every other... 2D side scrolling. Yeah, they're all hand drawn, or which yeah. is which is kind of unfortunate because all of them I'm sure are really good, and there's a lot I'm looking forward to of those. But it's just like, how many are you gonna play before you get tired of it? It's like the issue that first person shooters had a few years ago, when they're like 20 coming out every month. 
Yeah. It's just now they're indie. But, I don't know. This, this the, cycle, the cycle will repeat. It'll be some other genre in a few years. Point and click? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, not, there's a lot of indie games that are also point and click because they can you know, yeah, really control the experience the a lot more. It's a lot easier to build since you're basically saying, this is the world, this is how it will work. You can't, like, shoot something and have it glitch on you because you just can't click it. Yeah. Yeah. But, um... Speaking of eShop, actually, since we're on the topic, there's a bunch of new eShop games coming our way from Two Tribes, who uh, you probably... Well, you certainly know them, Jose, because they're the, the developers behind Toasty Tori 2. And they, uh, they're they actually... They have, like, a whole bunch of ports. Such a happy game. It is a happy game. Yeah. Whistling Bird. Yeah, you play, play it when you're down, and it'll lift your spirits with the music and the vibrant colors. And... It'll literally lit. No, that doesn't work. I could do a pun about being a bird and flying and it's lifting egg- you up. You say it's excellent. <sighs> but no. Um, <laughs> but as I say, though, so they're they're releasing a couple of different eShop games pretty soon. The first of which uh, is going to be a port of the original Toki Tori, which was on WiiWare a few years back, and prior to that was on uh, Game Boy Color way back in the day. But then they remade it for WiiWare. So they're going to be pouring over the PC version and adding in off TV play, touch based and uh, control stick based controls. And even the Portal 2 content from um, the Steam edition. Because originally, when Toki Tori 1 was on Steam, it participated in a Portal 2 alternate reality game that was used to hype up, like, build up to the announcement of Portal 2. Yeah. That they had 13 indie games, all, like, have hints with, like, potatoes and stuff. And it ended up, you know, that doing all that got you the news. So they're keeping that in, which is interesting. That a game on e- the eShop will have Portal 2 references, even though there's no Portal on Nintendo consoles. But, yeah, so that's the first thing they're doing. Then on top of that, uh, Two Tribes is going to bring over two different puzzle games, Edge and Rush. And they just recently, this past week, released Tokitori 2 Plus, which is a free update to Tokitori 2. And it has a slew of new content. Yeah, it's also their way of patching the game somewhat. Yeah, more than somewhat. They're making a lot of changes. I mean, some of the new stuff, there's in-game Miiverse drawings, like, on the walls now. Yeah. There's uh, a warp system. To yeah. get, make it easier to get around. Yeah, there were ways that you could kind of trap yourself. Or, like, yeah. if you're stuck and you don't know where to go, like, you really can't progress. Like, there was a point where I think the game glitched on me. I'm not sure. Maybe I went somewhere I wasn't supposed to from the wrong direction, mm-hmm. but I couldn't leave. Mm-hmm. And that's luck would have it. After I updated it, a little mole appeared next to my character, which basically teleported me out of there. So, right. yeah, I don't know. It's definitely welcome. I didn't, yeah. Yeah. And then on top, I mean, not just that, they're also adding a world map, which is something that a lot of people probably want, because you could get well, lost pretty easily. Well, well I mean, you? the world map has always been there. Oh, but they're making it so you could track yourself on Yeah, it. I mean, but now it's more, you could access it by just going to the world map, as opposed to, um, you know how... Whistling a tune. Yeah, whistling the tune to have the bird teleport you. Right. And then you then you have the view of the whole world map, but, yeah. you're, but then you're forced to, like, land somewhere. Right, right. And then they're also adding uh, new puzzles and remixes of old puzzles, which I think is just a nice way of saying fixing broken puzzles. Yep. And <laughs> but, more disco remixes. Yes, more disco remixes, yep. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, uh, well, first of all, have you had a chance to try Toki Tori 2 Plus? Yeah, yeah that's fine. That's fine. Oh, right, that's how you had the, you got out of your stuck situation, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, I think it's cool because it's free. Like, it's a huge update for free. Like, if they patched it, that's one thing, but they went ahead and added yeah, new stuff. Yeah, when I first stuff. heard of it, I'm like, oh, man, I should have waited. But they're like, oh, nope. Now when the title screen just says Toki Tori 2 Plus. Yeah, good. they basically took the original. To- it's funny how it went, because Toki Tori 2, 2 was originally on Wii U. Then it went to Steam with new levels and stuff. Then they brought it back to Wii U with those new levels and patches and Miiverse. Oh, wow. And I think they still have the uh, level editor planned for the future. No, they that, do. Yeah, that's yeah. one of the original things they're going to do. So, 
I, I, I think generally speaking, even just beyond this, like this, this, all this strong support from two tribes. I keep wanting to say two chains. <laughs> like I'm so used to hearing like two chains name sound on the radio that like every time I say two tribes, I literally I don't know if you're hearing the hesitation, but I'm like two tribes. It I keep wanting to say two chains. But uh, by the way, why is it in every song that two chains does? He always goes two chains. Like I wouldn't know. It doesn't make I, sense. I, I, he I, it's I his song. I, I, it has his name in the artist line. You don't, don't need I, to I don't, say it. I don't it. listen to two chains. I don't either. I just hear it on the radio. But. Uh, that's beside the point. Two tribes who does not shout their name every time you boot up their game. Uh, they just show it on the screen. Um, I think the fact that they're being this active on the eShop is actually a really good sign for the Wii U going forward. Because clearly there's an audience there. You know, there's clearly people that are buying these things, which means there's a reason for Toki, for Toki Tori, for two tribes to put in all this effort. Not even just, like, releasing stuff. Because like, everything they're releasing is, you know, ports. Everything for the next little while. Like, those three games I mentioned are all ports. But they're going back and like reworking Toki Tori 2 in such a major way that shows that there clearly was enough interest in the game to do so. And it, it, I guess it's paying off for them because uh, when two, when Toki Tori 2 Plus came out this past week, they tweeted, that, or well first, they did a $40 price drop to celebrate the launch. So it went from $15. 40%. I mean, yeah, 40%. They, $40. They gave you money when you bought <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, we give you money, yeah. It went from 15 bucks to like 9 bucks or something like that. And it's still at that price. They extended the sale. But um, as of this recording at least. But when they did that price drop, sales went up by over 8,000%, they tweeted. Wow. That's crazy. So, I mean, clearly, the eShop can work. If a company puts in the effort and they have a game that matches the what Nintendo fans are looking for, they will be successful. So it's nice to see indies do well. And another indie that did well, actually, is um, the guys behind Mighty Number no. 9, Com- Comcept. They have meet, met their stretch goal and we are officially now getting my number nine on the e the eu the wii u eShop by april 2015 Whoa. so <laughs> we have a little ways to go but that's because they still have to build the game it, they had to hit 2.2 million dollars in order to get to that goal so it's pretty cool that they actually were able to raise that much and they're still kickstarting for another week or so and they, if people keep supporting they're going to add an extra level and boss and then eventually if they get more money a co-op mode so there's still a lot that could be added. And I actually, I was playing the back, I mentioned this on the podcast before, but I was playing the back of the game right before I hit the Wii stretch goal because I was like, oh, I'll contribute to the Wii version. Yeah. And then I kind of missed the boat. So I ended up contributing like five minutes after they met the goal. I was like, oh, they just met. Whatever. I'll still get my. But now I'm starting to realize it's actually, you should get my still. If you have any interest in the game and you haven't given support it yet on Kickstarter because co-op mode could be cool. New levels always a plus. Like, yeah, you're getting the game, but you could get more game. If you contribute, post and if you contribute, you're probably going to end up getting the game anyway with your pledge. So exactly, yeah. If you if you do a twenty dollar pledge or more, like I just did twenty. Just but think of it as a really really early pre order. Pre-order. Yeah, yeah. Because I did twenty, so I'm just getting digital copy. But the cool thing is, that can you, only make the game better. Yeah, and if you pledge versus just buying it when it comes out, you get your name in the credits. Wow. In the backers section. So yeah, I'll be credited in a video game. It's finally going to happen. Beautiful. Yep. I didn't know that was a goal of my life until I said it just now, but. Yeah, um, and in one final. So yeah, but That's pretty nice of them to do that. Yeah, to put it. Wait, how many? I think it's in the credits. I think they're at forty thousand or something. Oh no, because uh, well, because I don't know if this is how they do it, but I know for Shantae's Kickstarter, only people that are pledging like ninety and up will get their names on. I the feel like it was everyone in this. I maybe may have misread it or maybe remembering incorrectly, but it's a lot of names. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna go by at like lightning speed, but um. Yeah, so if you have any interest in my number nine, I say go support it. I mean, if I did it, you can do it. 
That's the Jason guarantee. That doesn't make sense. Where's uh, Shante? Yeah, yeah, how's Shante doing? It's pretty close to meeting this goal. It should meet it by, like, the next few days. That's good. It deserves to meet the goal, for sure. No, it's definitely going to meet it. But it I feel like they're not going to hit many of their stretches, though. Nah. Maybe, Which is unfortunate. Maybe they some cool stuff in there, but... Yeah. How much you you pledged for the they added a coin or something, didn't they? Yeah. The collector's edition thing that comes with like a coin, a physical soundtrack with an extra song, some credits or something and a bunch of other stuff. But that's cool. Yeah, a lot of stuff. Yeah. How much was that? How much did you pledge? Oh. Uh ninety. Ninety? Yeah, because I figured it out. I like how you're like saying that with like shame. <laughs> like oh. you, no one can see your face, but I saw that. You have oh. like a weird look on your face when you say it, like ninety. <laughs> Yeah. Like, you kind of, like, smirk, like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> I don't know. I guess, like, I just wanted that coin. It's because of the coin, honestly. Like, it goes well with your Year of Luigi coin. Yeah. Which you broke the casing of. That's a good thing I have another one. Yeah. But, uh, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, there is one final bit, switching back to news, I guess. There is one final bit of game-specific news we should probably mention. At the very tail end, I believe, of last episode... We mentioned that Nintendo and Capcom are playing a collaboration of sorts for Monster Hunter 4, which will be announced the day our episode went oh, out. Oh, and I called out Link costume. And I called like, out... Exactly. Co- yeah, and I said there'd be cost- it'd be costumes or armor, and you're like, Link, yeah. So between the two of us, we were dead on. What they announced... and we, This is basically the bragging time of the episode, where we just say how smart we are. Um, what they announced is that they're doing Mario and Luigi costumes for the two little cat guys, the fell... What are they called? Fell... Fell... Fellines? Felines? Felines. Felines, yeah. So they can come in Mario and Luigi costumes, and they have giant hammers. A lot like uh, the Mario and Luigi RPGs, now that I think about it. And, uh, or the human characters can be dressed as Link and have a Master Sword and a shield. Yep. So what's exactly interesting... Exactly how we saw it. Exactly, like, almost to it. We didn't name who would wear what, but we, like... Oh, we, I, we oh. na- well, you named that there'd be a Link armor thing. Yep. But we didn't... We didn't I didn't think the cat guys would have Mario and Luigi costumes. Oh, but, no, yeah, yeah. But no, we were like... I feel like that validated us as, like, fortune tellers or something. But anyway, no, the um, the thing that's interesting is they're not in the core game. Like, the game came out and they weren't there. If you want to get Mario and Luigi costumes, you have to go to 7-Eleven in Japan and download something. And if you want Link, you have to wait till they release a download down the road. Oh. So it's like, it's the usual Nintendo strategy of, oh, we'll put our stuff in, it'll help it sell. But then they forgot to put the stuff in right away, so they're, like, retroactively adding it. Not like it needs the help, though. The game... In its first week on store shelves in Japan, managed to move 1.7 million physical copies and something like 200,000 download copies. Wow. Yeah. 91% of the shipment that went out sold out. I mean, it's hardly not a really fair comparison, but I saw this interesting chart mm-hmm. that had um, all the sales of Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate, Monster Hunter 3, and Monster Hunter 4, like both, um, this is Japan only also. Right. Like, it, they would, they, it was its own bar, and right next to it was a bar of every Vita game today and how many it sold. Oh, it, I know. And, and it was still less than yeah. than all of Monster Hunter put together. So I'm like, yeah. Well, it's, it's sad. It is kind of sad. Well, maybe the fact that it's on sale will help. Yeah. It's currently half off on the eShop until the day this podcast goes up, so never mind. It, it sales probably over. Well, if you're listening to this on the day we posted on Sunday, uh, the 22nd of September, then you might still be able to get the deal. It's only $30 right now. But if you're listening to this on Monday, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> which is a really good deal. It is, yeah. But you I, you really do need friends to play this game with. It's definitely... You get your money's worth more when you play with people. I can see how it won't be as It's, a, it's like you need, a, you need to be it's, able to join a hunting yeah, party. It's, it's a social game, really. Yeah. 
really what it is. It's social game. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there was, what was there, there was something I was going to say about the costume. Oh, right. So, yeah, with Monster Hunter 4 with the costumes, as anyone who's been following your tough for any length of time knows, this actually isn't anything new. No, they always put their characters in stuff. Scribblenauts. It's almost becoming um, kind of... Cliché. <laughs> or not cliché, but, but, but like, part for the course. Yeah, like, I'm not really, like, excited by it as much anymore. Before, yeah. I was like, oh, that's cool, but now it's like, oh. Yeah, same that. here. It's funny, because, like, you know they do it a lot when, last October, before the Wii U came out, I actually did an extra article borrowing Mario, where I basically outlined the history of them stuffing their characters into third-party games as a way to boost sales. And at that point, I think the article has like 10 games in it or something, and now since then we've had like three more. Like three more in nine months, ten months. Or no, it's almost been a year. Three more in a year. But, I mean, it's kind of nice on one hand, but with the game like Monster Hunter, I think it's more of a perk than it is like really a way to get new people to go play Monster Hunter. Because like... uh, 3DS owners probably there's a lot of overlap between people that like Zelda and people that like Monster Hunter. Yeah. So it's more of a it's more of a fan service than it is like a system seller in this case. But yeah, no, if you're curious about the history, listeners, of uh Nintendo putting their characters in other games, definitely check out that uh, extra. Once again, it's borrowing Mario. It's from last October. Um I think that wraps up for the game specific news. Of course there is news outside of games. There's uh game makers were in the news. Sega buying Atlas is primarily what I'm talking about. Um, they're buying specifically Sega. Sammy is buying Sega. Sammy is buying Atlas's pu- uh, parent company Index. So this doesn't come as a huge surprise because Atlas uh, and his parent company have been on sale for a while. Have been wanting to be bought for. A while. They've put themselves out there for a while now. Mm. Like quite yeah, quite quite a uh, quite a while now. So you know it's kind of expected. There are rumors Sega might do it, but I don't think anyone thought it would actually happen. So it could be a really interesting shift for Atlas as a company because they make very niche titles, like very Japan-centric, like games like otaku-friendly games, let's say. Like very niche genres, very like Persona and Shin Megami Tensei and that sort of stuff. Stuff that like isn't going to go mainstream anytime soon. And Sega, lately, yeah, they make their quirky games. We got Rhythm Thief a year ago, but for the most part, what they bring to the West are very, very broad mainstream appeal games. Sonic. Uh, in your in Europe, they have fo- a football manager, soccer manager, in uh, you know stuff like yeah, that. Total War. Total War for the strategy crowd, but it's like a general strategy. Like if you like strategy, you'll get that. Like it's very. They have a few franchises. Yakuza in Japan. They have a few franchises, and that's like all they have, and they just pump out those mainstream games, and they don't bring over the quirky ones. Like they have a banking game in Japan coming out on 3DS, and I bet you it won't come to America. Banking. I think it's called Bank Hero. I think it's from Sega. I might be wrong. But either way, it's not coming to America, I can guarantee that. But, so, it's kind of at odds with Atlas, who prides itself on bringing over those more Japan-centric games. Maybe they bought them so they don't have to worry about that division. That's what I'm thinking, but, I don't know, I mean, what Sega says they bought them for is, uh, they want to use Atlas properties for PC games and mobile games and in their pachinko machines. Because Sega's parent company is Sega Sammy, or Sammy Corporation. Sammy Corporation makes their money off pachinko machines that are themed after everything imaginable. So when they bought Atlas, they're like, oh, cool, we can make a Persona for iPhone, and we can make a Persona pachinko machine. Or, yeah, pachinko machine. And that's probably what they're going to do. Hopefully they keep making the... They let Atlas kind of do their own thing and run their own ship, or steer their own ship, but I feel like that's not going to be what happens. I feel like this might... like I feel like we're going to see Atlas slowly dwindle into nothing. Well... Um, what does this have to say with Shin Megami Cross 10, um, Fire Emblem? 
I don't know. I, th- I think that's okay, because Sega and Nintendo have a really strong relationship. I mean, Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, Sonic and Super Smash Bros. Uh, Brawl, uh, Sonic Lost World's exclusive to Nintendo consoles. Like, mm-hmm. Nintendo and Sega are really buddy-buddy. So, I don't think Shimagami and Tensei cross Fire Emblem would be affected. In fact, now that I think about it, Shimagami and Tensei might live on because of that crossover. Like, Atlas, we may see Atlas start, stop releasing super niche titles, but Shimagami and Tensei could be, like, the powerhouse RPG franchise, or strategy RPG franchise that Sega wants to have going forward. Yeah. Like, because Fire Emblem's definitely going to raise its And didn't uh, it do profile. okay on the 3DS? Yeah, actually, it did better than they expected it to. It sold, I know the month it launched, it sold, uh, the last one, Overclocked or whatever, sold, uh, like, 77,000 units, which isn't huge, but for a title of that size, it's pretty good. It's better than the previous entries in the series, or some of them, at least, so. So, yeah, I think, I think it, I think that game's gonna be okay, since Sega and Nintendo are so close, and, like I said, it could potentially raise the profile of Shimgai Tensei and make it more of a powerhouse franchise, which is what Sega's looking for. So, it could be a win-win. But, nonetheless, it's still very odd news to see these two unlikely bedfellows um, become one. Yeah. Like, it just, it's weird. Like, I would have expected, like, I don't know, Tecmo Koei or Square Enix or something like that to buy them. Not, not necessarily Sega. But, as long as they don't make any Persona games that involve humans kissing hedgehogs, I think we're okay. Nope, no, I had to throw in the Sonic. That, that's on the top of the priority list. Is it? Now that I've said it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I think that, uh, I think that actually pretty much wraps it up for news except Jason Sales Corner. So, August MPD numbers came out. And the industry, for the first time in a very long while, is actually up year over year by guess how much? One dollar. Close. One percent. Which is basically the same as one dollar. No, it's it's up as small. It's up by the minimal amount it can be up, but it's up, and it's partly up because software sales went a lot higher than they did a year ago. August twenty thirteen saw twenty one percent growth over August twenty twelve, presumably because there were a lot of high profile releases. There was, uh, you know, um, Disney Infinity, and on other systems there was Madden and Saints Row four, and those sold well. Now the downside is hardware sales were still down, way down. Year over year they dropped forty percent. Whoa. Yeah, so that kind of dragged down the good news of the software sales, which is why there's only a 1% uptick in overall industry. If that makes sense. Yeah. But um, with that said, though, it is still the first time since, can't believe it's been this long, since October 2011 that the industry as a whole has grown year over year on a month-by-month basis. So go video game world. You're, you're slowly, 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 slowly Grand turning around. Have to help somehow. What? I'm sure Grand Theft Auto will help. Oh, Grand Theft Auto's going to help a lot, as will Pokemon X and Y, and the launch of the Xbox One and the PS4. Because that's the thing. I think part of the reason hardware's down so much is simply, who is buying those systems right now? No one. Yeah, they're just waiting for They're waiting for the new ones, yeah. Or they're not buying Wii U's. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. On the Nintendo front, though, uh, 3DS is for a fourth month in a row, once again, the number one piece of hardware that was sold. Uh, as is now the norm, I actually have no idea what the numbers are because no one bothers officially releasing them anymore. What we do know is that based on some leaks, it's probably about 130,000 units, which for the number one spot is pretty low. Uh, 130,000 used to be like the gaming dead now. What? No one cares about gaming anymore. I guess so. I mean, they're playing Grand Theft Auto, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean, hey, uh, 
it made 3ds number one that's that, that counts for something and in the age of the iphone and the ipad and whatnot and android phones having a game dedicated system still selling one time zero is still zero i just have to say that that's true that's true <laughs> but i was to say actually i saw an interesting statistic that npd put out where uh like yeah we always are like oh well mobile gaming's gonna hurt you know maybe that's why 3ds is down on turn that around not necessarily it turns out they they pulled uh what kids play the most and I think like an iPhone was like twenty six percent of respondents, and an i and a DS is twenty five percent or something like that. Like they're really mm. close. Not three DS, DS. Yeah. But still, there it says that gaming, you know, dedicated gaming devices still have a place. But uh, back to the August sales for comparison. So three DS sold one hundred thirty thousand supposedly. Xbox three sixty was the second best selling console, and it only sold ninety six thousand. So yeah, it, we're reaching the end of the cycle here. It's console upgrade time, and you can see how when you see those numbers, you can see why. Hardware was down 40%. Like, 96,000 is not very good. And, of course, Wii U hardware is the thing that we're most curious about. And, once again, no numbers. But leaks are pointing to the system selling roughly what it's been selling the past couple months. So, sitting in the low 30,000s. The good news is that supposedly, reportedly, up a couple thousand over July. Which makes sense, because it had Pikmin. But, but, Pikmin doesn't do enough. So, um... I mean, when you're talking about a small amount of, like, oh, it's up a couple thousand, like, that's nothing. But when you are working in 30,000s, going from 30 to, say, 32 is kind of a big deal. But if you look at the broader picture, it's not at all. But with that said, um, this does suggest that Pikmin 3, as we suspected and have talked about on the show before, two for two with our fortune telling here, um, Pikmin 3 is not a huge system seller. It's simply, you know, even though us Nintendo fans love the franchise and you know, we're hyped about it and whatnot. Uh, it's still mm-hmm. pretty... I know, you were disappointed with it, but you're hyped going into it. You bought it. That's uh, what matters. You spent money on it and oh, helped yeah. get those sales. So. And I, I think it was the hype that kind of... Yeah. If I was less hyped, I think I would have been more happy. Yeah. But, um, yeah, even... But, you know, even with us being hyped and everything, it is still a pretty niche title, and as such, it's yeah, not it going to sell I mean, it's, it's hard to describe to people. It like, is. That, like, I mean, we had trouble describing it on the show a few weeks ago, or a few episodes ago. We yeah, were like, or at least to a casual person. If yeah. anything, like, describing it to them, even in the best way possible, I think we still kind of turn them off of it. Yeah, I think you're right. But, yeah, I mean, the game did crack the top ten software chart. That's good. It, uh, it managed to... Well, it cracked it, literally. It was number ten on the top ten. But it managed to move 115,000 units between physical and digital copies, like eShop downloads. So, it makes it the weakest Pikmin debut of the three games thus far. But, that's really not surprising, given what's going on. I mean, it's on the system that's, that's not selling the Wii U. It's the first new game in a franchise that's been dormant so for a decade. So, even if every decade. single person that bought it, that owned the Wii U, is No, it would have done better. I mean, there's 1.something million Wii U, 1.6 million or something like that, Wii U sold in the I US. I don't know we're buying games. What's going on? There's no games to buy. Well, there are, but... <laughs> I don't know. That's how you think every single person would buy every single game that's come out. Yeah, I, I don't even... Yeah, it, it's not that expensive to do. <laughs> it's not that many. But, no, I don't... I, I Well, Pikmin's niche, that's the thing. So, but yeah, and this franchise has been, has been dormant for ten years. Like, or nine years. So, like, if you... For a lot of people, they don't know what it is. Like, you can't have a... It's not like... You know what I mean? It's kind of like when they brought back Kid Icarus and people, a lot of people are like, huh? It's like relaunch... It's like launching a new game practice, A new game franchise, practically. Yeah. But so they had all that working against them, so it's not really surprising it didn't sell well. But hopefully, as more people pick up Wii U's, they'll pick up the game with it, and it'll kind of be like a slow burn, a slow build up of sales. And I mean, I guarantee Wonderful One Hundred One's gonna f- 
have the exact same sales problem. It's going to be worse, probably. I mean, in Japan, the game practically bombed. It did bomb. Because, like, it's a brand new franchise. It's even more niche than Pikmin. But it's kind of like Pikmin at first glance. But it's not at yeah. all when you play it. So it's going gonna, it's gonna, to... And it's a whole new property. No one knows what it is. So it's definitely going to... Like, Nintendo's not going to have a big seller until Wind Waker. When it comes out physically. In a couple weeks. Actually, when I was at Best Buy game on my iPhone... Um, you know the there, there's an in-store pickup area uh-huh. where like you order online and they just put all the stuff there and then they put your name on it. There were seven Zelda Wii U bundles back there, and this was halfway through the day it came out. Seven people ordered online for pickup. I know it's totally anecdotal, but that's not bad. Like seven people went, this thing's gonna be popular. I should make sure I get one and bought it online. Uh-huh. Like that says something. So hopefully this is the start of the turnaround. But um. Yeah, I, I think the price. Wait, so, what, well, so when will we know, like, as far as numbers wise, I mean, for September and October, uh, we'll know September's numbers probably in two episodes from now, and we'll know October's around the launch of Mario 3D World in mid-November. And what would you say is like enough time to actually go like, okay, this made a difference, or this is or, uh, if we see Wii, when, we, when we could stop saying it's too early to tell. If we if, when we see Wii U sales be more than in the thirty thousands, <laughs> like if they jump from thirty to sixty, I'd say doubling even at that small of a number is a good sign. If they go from thirty to a hundred thousand, they go from thirty to one hundred twenty, which yeah, sounds outlandish right now, but you never know. That yeah, when the they next, start in the next few up, months, though, I mean, I was obviously not over the course of two years. No, no, yeah, I mean, like monthly. If we see it double one oh, month okay. to the next, or go quadruple one month to the next, or something like that. Like if if in December, if in next the next sales corner I do in mid October, if I'm like, hey, look, in September it went up by blah. That's the start of the thing. And the thing is, Nintendo has their ducks in a row now. So it's not even... I don't even know if it's a too early to tell thing now. I think it's now just a wait for it situation. Because, I mean, they have... Pikmin 3 and Wonderful 101 are out of the way. The two niche titles are done. Now they have Zelda, Mario, Donkey Kong, Mario Kart, Mario Kart Smash Bros., etc., etc. going forward. And on top of that, they now have a new marketing uh, situation set up. Because they hired a company called... Uh, I think it's... I don't even know how to pronounce this. You want to take a crack at D U T S C H? I'm going to say Deutsch. 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 Yeah. I don't think it's that. <laughs> Dutch. Deutsch. 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 LA. They're the LA branch. So they're called LA. I wasn't asking a question of LA. That was weird. It's like Deutsch. LA. But no, so you, know one, you don't know that name. I don't think anyone listening knows that name, but you certainly know what they've done. These are the marketing people that were, were behind the PlayStation's Kevin Butler campaign. They worked with Sony for five years on PlayStation marketing, and now Nintendo. Sony um, parted ways with them because they shifted marketing direction for PS4. But now Nintendo's picking them up, and they're gonna be working with Nintendo to do digital and social media marketing, as well as some e-commerce stuff and some creative work for more traditional ads. Point being, Nintendo now not only has their ducks in a row with their game lineup, but they brought in fresh blood to handle marketing. They're going to be working alongside Leo Burnett, which is the marketing team Nintendo's had forever that does their TV commercials and everything. And so they're, Nintendo has like two teams now, basically. So hopefully this can, they can put out new messaging. And it's interesting that they're doing digital and social media and e-commerce because, you know, at the top of the show, we we're talking about two little games called Wii Fit You and Wii Sports Club, which are both eShop releases, at least initially. So they need to get the word out about getting on the eShop. And what better way to do it than hiring the guys that did the very successful Kevin Butler campaign to help get the word out. So hopefully this can help turn around those Wii U sales even more than what hopefully will already happen with just the game releases. But um, there's also 3DS sales that we have to talk about a little software-wise. So Mario Luigi Dream Team came out last month and it managed to land in the top 10 at number 6 with 190,000 units sold between physical and eShop. Not bad. 
Uh, for comparison, The Last Mario and Luigi, Bowser's Inside Story, it launched, its launch month, it sold 258,000 units, which isn't a huge amount more, but that was at the peak of the holiday season. It came out in December, and this came out, like, in the summer, where oh. it's slower. So the fact that it sold that, I think, overall, probably be pretty comparable in terms of sales. I think they're going to have a hit on their hands with this. And speaking of hits... This is going to be a long list of numbers, but some people probably care, so I'll just run through them. Uh, and if you don't care, you can either fast forward by about two minutes, or you can just be bombarded with numbers and want to die. I'm ready. Take your pick. So Nintendo revealed... I can't fast forward, so I'm going to... Yeah, you just have to listen. Nintendo revealed 3DS software sales as a whole for 2013 thus far um, are up year over year compared to you know the first 10 months of 2012. They sold... Um, 60, or sorry, 60, 6.47 million games, million pieces of 3DS software, which is an increase of 30% over 2012. So nine 3DS games have sold over a quarter of a million copies thus far in this year alone. Uh, Here comes the breakdown of which sold how much. So Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon managed to move 863,000 units since it came out in March. So it's definitely slowed down. It hit like a lot of milestones early on, but it seems like it's slowing down. It'll probably hit a million if I had to guess by the end of the year because I got a holiday boost. But it's definitely, you know, it's been out for a while. The number of sales are definitely declining, uh, you know, declining monthly. Animal Crossing New Leaf since June has sold seven hundred thirty-nine thousand. Once again, that game sold a lot right at the start, and that tapered off pretty fast. So it'll be interesting to see if it gets a resurgence going to the holidays because mm-hmm. I think it sold like, I feel like the last number I said about a month ago was like six hundred thousand, and now it's only one hundred thirty-nine more. While the first month it sold like a lot more, so getting slow but steady word of mouth. Yeah, I think I think it's slow and steady. Yeah, Uh, Fire Emblem Awakening managed to move three hundred ninety thousand units since it came out in February. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Gates to Infinity, which I forgot that game even came out this year. That was back in March, and it sold two hundred ninety eight thousand. Donkey Kong Country Returns three D, which came out in May, is up to two hundred sixty eight thousand. And Legacy Undercover: The Chase Begins has moved two hundred sixty four thousand since it came out in April. Uh, those are just the games that came out this year. The rest of those nine games are older tiles that are selling super well for Nintendo. Uh, New Super Mario Bros. 2, for example, um, in 2013 it sold 460,000, wow. just shy of half a million, which brings its life-to-date sales since it came out in August 2012 to 1.85 million. Then you've got Mario Kart 7, which gained an additional 352,000 units since the start of the year, and that means that to date it has sold 2.84 million copies here in the states. Yikes. While Mario 3D World, 3D Land, uh, is officially the best-selling 3DS game. It sold 265,000 units in 2013, and since it came out way back, back in what 2011 holiday season, it's now up to 2.86 million. So Mario Kart 7 is just shy of beating its record, but yeah. It's a lot of games and a lot of numbers. That's all for US only. Worldwide, it's obviously much bigger. But still, Nintendo has a lot of games that are selling at a good clip. I think like a lot of these games would probably meet Player's Choice qualification. The new Player's Choice, not the million-seller Player's oh. Choice. But the, the one they started doing with uh, GameCube. When they realized GameCube's not selling and they're never going to hit a million for some of those games, and they started like, dropping the qualification like half a million... Basically, most of these games, if there's a 3DS player's choice, they would be on that list. Like, they're selling pretty well. So that's that breakdown. There's also the third-party front. So we talked about Nintendo's own games on Wii U and 3DS, but of course there's also... Oh, one other tidbit about Wii U before I forget. New Super Luigi U came out in June as digital, came out as in retail on in late August, and in the couple weeks, that, and in the week or so that was on the chart, it contributed to a grand total of sales from digital and retail combined of 120,000. 
copies. Which isn't huge, but when you think about the fact that it's basically a DLC pack, that's not bad at all. Hmm. So, um... It is not bad. Yeah, but anyway, third party. Uh, Madden was the top game of the month, unsurprisingly. It's August. Madden's always number one. Uh, among games for Nintendo consoles, Disney Infinity came in third place for the month with over 294,000 units sold, but we have no idea how that breaks down. Although, I believe I read that the Wii version outsold the Wii U version, which is not at all surprising. Wii has a much bigger install base. Then there's Mario Cell Blacklist, which came at number four on the list, but again, this is for all versions. If you're looking at the Wii U version, not very good. So, uh, fewer than 350,000 copies, that's 350,000, I kind of tripped over that, have been sold of Blacklist since it came out, uh, in, you know, in the, around its launch, which is less than what the last Splinter Cell did, uh, which was 480,000. So Splinter Cell as a whole is not doing as well. That's, that, that is what it is. But of those 350,000 that did get sold, the Wii U version accounted for 1.6% of those sales. Uh, In other words, about 5,600 copies. There's no way, there's no way that that turned a profit for Ubisoft. There is no way that any third party that sees numbers that low after they get their current prod slate done, like what's in the pipeline after that's out, that they're going to green light more titles unless those sales turn around for Wii U. Like, that's bad. That's really bad. But, it just, you know, it just doesn't... They can't justify it. I mean, I'm sure some games will do better. Rayman Legends, Wii U version is the definitive version. It's the one Wii U fans have been looking forward yeah, to. Same thing with Amazon. It was... Yeah. Uh... The highest one? It was the highest one. Amazon is the best selling. The Wii U one outsold the Xbox and PS3 versions significantly over in the UK. It like There are going to be some exceptions to a rule, but if we see like Watch Dogs do 1.6% on Wii U, I think Ubisoft's going to pull the plug for the most part on Wii U games. And then third parties probably won't follow suit. Because, like, I mean, I, I know I already said it, but I just want to reemphasize it. 56, 000, sorry, 5,600 is ridiculously low. Like, that's bad. Really bad. So I, I think this really just shows that now more than ever, Nintendo needs to get the Wii U act together and get their ducks aren't around. They just need to start yeah, they need rolling to it get out. In or get out. Yeah, they need to get third parties. They need to, like bribe third parties. <laughs> like they need a money at them. Like this is bad. But I mean, hopefully that new partnership with that marketing firm I don't even know how to pronounce Deutschland, Deutschland LA or whatever. Hopefully that can help drum up some interest and maybe they can promote third party games through those digital initiatives. You know, get people to download Blacklist or something. Because granted, that 1.6% is strictly retail. For all we know, 20, 100 million bajillion people might have downloaded it from the eShop. Even though not that many people, even though it's not a real number and not that many people uh, own Wii U's because it's not a real number. But, you know, you never know. The eShop could have covered a good chunk of those sales, but I feel like it didn't. So... It's kind of a bummer to end with on Jason Sales Corner, but I have one more bummer that trumps it to end our news. Because, uh, yeah, let's just end on a sad note. Why not? And that is that, uh, you know, we'd be we'd really be remiss if we didn't mention this. And that's that Hiroshi Yamauchi, the former president of Nintendo, uh, he passed away the other day at the age of 85. Now, he is a pretty significant guy because he turned Nintendo... He was president in town for 53 years. Wow. And he turned Nintendo from a playing card company to a toy company and eventually to a company that made arcade and, yes, video games. So, he definitely was a key figure in Nintendo's history. And if it wasn't... Like, if Nintendo... The Nintendo we know today wouldn't exist if he didn't do what he did. Like, he was the driving force. He... You know, he's the guy that got Nintendo... 
to make the that hadn't that was like okay we're gonna make the NES and we're gonna make a Game Boy and he he's the one that was in charge of every launch from the NES through the GameCube, and they stepped down in two thousand two I believe named Iwata Satoru Iwata as his successor which was the first time a non Yamauchi family member was in charge of Nintendo since it was founded in eighteen eighty nine. You saw a lot and of potential in Iwata. I guess so. But he did, and uh, clearly he did, because he remained Nintendo's largest investor, and I think to this day his estate, <laughs> three days after his death, or four days or whatever, his estate still has a huge chunk of Nintendo. So, I don't, I don't know, like, it's, it's really impressive what he pulled off, because he's like, in, to me at least, he kind of reminds me of Steve Jobs in a lot of ways. Like, kind of like with Apple and Steve Jobs, uh, Yamauchi believed really strongly in the idea of, like, hardware and software have, like, are, like, married together. It's, like, the best experiences when they're combined. So Nintendo would make the hardware and the software, and the controllers would, like, work with the game. You know, like, the N64 controller looks, like, crazy, right? Like, three prongs and stuff. But they built it around how Mario 64 would function. Yep. Like, that sort of thing. And not only that, but um, just the idea of, like, they're in control of the entire ecosystem. Like, kind of how Apple is with the App Store now. Like, uh, back with the NES... Nintendo, the whole Nintendo seal of quality thing that existed because Nintendo used to insist that third parties get certified to put their games out and that they basically pay Nintendo for the privilege. They don't put no riffraff on there? Exactly. And they would limit... And yet there's still a lot of it. Well, now it's different. I mean the old Nintendo seal of quality. Nintendo actually, at that point... Oh, yeah, Yamauchi, NES oh yeah, yeah. But it would have been even oh, worse. Okay. It would have been way worse. But Yamauchi actually limited the number of games third parties could release in a single year. Or tried to. I don't remember oh. if he was successful. So, like, you could only have X number of games, so you had to be really picky. And, uh, like, just stuff like that. And, like, he, you know, he made, like, crazy demands of his staff, and he was, like, this really, like, eccentric personality. But yet he still was able to, like, spot really talented people. Like, he hired Miyamoto on the spot. Dang. He created a position for Miyamoto. Like, he made a whole new position called, like, Game Artist or something like that that didn't exist in the company just because he liked what he saw in his sketchbook. Well, and then, like, uh, Gunpei... Yokoi? Yokoi, yeah, thank you. Gun- I always know his first name, I can never remember his last name. Gunpei Yokoi, the, ge- the guy that invented the Game Boy, Yamauchi just saw something and was like, yeah, you're working for us now. So, like, he clearly knew what he was doing, and he was clearly good at it. Cause... Wasn't one of them a custodian? Yeah, I think it was Gun- I think it was Gunpei Yokoi. Mm-hmm. No. Yes, it was. Maybe? One of them. Yeah, one of uh, Yeah, it was, was Yokoi. Of- it was Yokoi. <laughs> no, it was Yokoi, because he... Yokoi, before he did Game Boy, he did, like, the that grabber hand thing. Oh, you know, super hand. The super hand, ultra hand, whatever ultra. it's called. Yeah. So, yeah, I think he hired him to be a toy designer, and that kind of evolved into uh, Game Boy. But, long story short, Yamauchi was really powerful, and he's what made... He, he's what made Nintendo what it is. He's what turned him into a pop culture thing. So, I... Like, it's a really interesting... His, his history at the company is really interesting, and there's actually a book. A really good book by a guy named David Sheff, uh, who's a journalist, I believe. And it really looks at, you know, Nintendo's Rise of Power and Yamauchi's role in that up through the early N64 days. And um, it's called Game Over, How Nintendo Conquered the World. And I specifically recommend checking out the, like, re-release of it that came out in 1999 called... Is that the one with Mario? Yeah, the one with Mario on the cover. And, and it's subtitled Press Start to Continue. Yeah. And it, they added an epilogue, like a, not an epilogue, because it's not a story, but they added a post part about like the N64 launch and stuff but it's a really good book like I read it back in the I feel like the early 2000s but like you know so I was pretty young when I was reading it and it is kind of business oriented but it's like it's just really interesting like if you have any interest in like the inner workings of Nintendo or the inner politics of it or just like what Yamauchi did and why he was trending on Twitter all day as a result the day he died he was trending nationwide US on Twitter which is crazy because no one knows who he is but I was like oh the guy that did Nintendo that's significant so yeah, um, it's a really good book. Check it out. It's on Amazon, I think. But, uh, it, yeah. So, 
I guess, yeah, it's, it's just kind of like he hasn't been active in Nintendo for a while, but he he is what made Nintendo, so it's pretty significant. Yeah, he 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 deserves. He's a yeah, he's a he's a power, he was a powerful force in the industry, and I think that pretty much wraps it up with news. You can't really have more news after the guy that made Nintendo what it is passes away. So I think now's a good time probably to switch to what we're playing. And uh, it's really two things. Wonderful 101, hence our wonderful episode title of It's a Wonderful Life. And our Academy Sketchpad, which you've been Not sketching much, around. as far as on. playing, just... Sketching with. Yeah, just drawing, messing around so, with it. But we should probably start with Wonderful 101. I mean, that's the big one. That's the one that makes life so wonderful, according to our title. Yeah. So, um... It's wonderful. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. It's like, I don't ever use this word, but it's like bonkers. Like, it's just like nuts. Like, the stuff that, it's just like so much happening, and like, it's so cheesy, but so, like, it's like the perfect, I just tweeted this actually, like, last night, or tonight, when we're recording this, I tweeted this like a few hours before, but it's like the perfect over-the-top, and that is like perfectly over-the-top. Just the way that, because there's a fine line, the whole thing is very, it's tongue-in-cheek kind of a tribute to, yet also making fun of. Like, all the campy superhero shows, all the campy Power Rangers stuff. Like, it's like, it's walking a fine line, but it does it so perfectly. That's just the right amount of humor, but also just the right amount of, like, true tribute where you can tell they're fans of the work. Yeah, you, you could really tell, like, they had fun making this game. Yeah, like, um, they had so much fun. It has a lot of the vibe of Beautiful Joe, which makes sense, because it's the same guy. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know, do you want to talk about what you thought of it for a bit, and um, then I'll jump in when you're done, or? Combat? I don't know, I, I really like the combat. It's fluid frantic and chaotic but one thing that i guess took a while to get used to was the fact that usually in most um i guess um arcadey beat-em-ups you could kind of just look at your own character the whole time Mm -hmm. and usually your peripheral would just pick up whoever is like fighting you around immediately around you and that's all you really need to worry about but in this game you kind of do have to be looking at the whole screen you're gonna have to keep panning your eyes out for enemies further back because they could attack you from anywhere at any time you could be fighting someone in one corner of the screen and some random bullet would just come at you and, like, destroy you. Yeah, that happened to me more Or than... charge at you or something like that. Like, you, you have to pay attention to everything. And it, and it does make it more chaotic, but once you get used to it, it's it's fine. I mean, it's just a really weird learning curve that you kind of have to get through. Yeah. There is a learning curve. Yeah, I feel like part of the learning curve is the fact that the game never explains itself. Like, literally, it just drops you in. And there's, like, a little box that pops up in the corner, like a little green box. Like, hey, here's how you do this attack. But they don't really teach you, like, the rhythm of the game. You have to kind of figure it out on your own. And once you find that rhythm, it clicks. Yeah, but I I think it was paced just right enough. I mean, they weren't, like, they don't throw, like, overwhelming amounts of people at you. It's kind of just... I just feel like, I just feel like I wish there was, or sorry, you're gonna... Oh, no, that was it. Oh, I just I, I kind of just wish it was a little more like. I almost wish there was like I don't need the hand holding that's in Martin Luigi Dream Team where it's like for half the game, but just a little something more because like you don't notice those boxes necessarily. Like for example, I didn't know you can draw faster if you hold L with, and then use the right stick. Like Elvis told me that. Your brother told me that. Like I had no idea. I think you, you have to buy that. that. What? I think you have to buy that. Oh, no, because I was able to do it. I think. Oh. Uh, Maybe not. Maybe you do have to buy. It. But either way, I didn't know that that was even an option. And I, like, I didn't, you know, things like that. Or, like, they never tell you... There's a dodge attack and, like, a gelatin ball you can use as a shield. Yeah, the Wonder Guts. Yeah. They don't tell you to go buy those. You just have to go to the shop and see them and go, oh. Like, it never says, hey, you can upgrade your abilities by going here. You just have to kind of poke through the menu until you see it. Yeah. Which just seems like most games are like, heads up, you're gonna need this to go forward type of thing. Uh, I don't know. Because I, 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 I literally, when I was playing it today, I literally was like, man, why can't I... I need to be able to dodge. Like, I keep getting hit. How do I dodge? And I, and I was like, 
it took me a while, and I'm like, oh, it's a thing I buy. Like, you would think somewhere, at some point, they go, by the way, you might want, you, you know, you can get new abilities by going to this section of the little in-game shop or whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess I could see that being a problem for most people, but, like, I'm okay with it just because usually I tend to go through everything. That's true. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, this, I usually go through all the mini lots, and so nothing ever really gets by me as far as, like, yeah. how a game works. Right, right. And, I mean, I don't know, I mean, it's not like games... Never used to do this before. I mean, before, I guess. That's The true. current gen where everything is hand-holding at tutorial levels mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I guess what just, have you. I guess it could have just been a bit more of a happy medium, in my opinion. But yeah. I will say, though, it is super fun. And once you do find the rhythm and, once, like, the combat rhythm and everything, and you do know to look in all corners of the screen at all times and that sort of thing, it gets, like, really... It just gets really fluid and yeah, it makes a lot more sense. I also love how the game does a really good job at just, like, changing it up before things get too stale. Like, I oh, mean, yeah. they don't keep you fighting forever. There's a lot of, like, they have puzzles in there to throw in. Sometimes you're doing, like, a, like, I don't know, like, like a twin-stick shooter kind of thing. Not mm-hmm. a twin-stick shooter, more like a, a space shooter. There's a side-scrolling level, too. Yeah, well, well, there was one that was more like Mr. Driller that kind of looked like that. And yeah, then, that's what I was referring to. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then... I guess it's not truly size gone, but... Yeah. yeah. And there's even, like, an homage to Punch-Out eventually. That's actually kind of cool. Oh, really? I haven't gotten to that. Yeah, it, it's pretty... It, it's it's Punch-Out. Like, that's there, there's, there's no way around it. It's Punch-Out, but yeah, it's, and then it's pretty they, awesome. Like, yeah. yeah. And they have cool uses for the gamepad, too, where, like... I mean, some of them are a little ganky. Like, go into this building and then turn the knob until you see the number. Like, you're in the building on the gamepad. And then you see a number on the TV and you turn something on the gamepad until the number matches what's on the TV. You know, that's kind of like whatever. But then they have some clever, like, puzzles where well, there's like, one like with the, the baseball stadium. Yeah, right? the baseball the circle, stadium. Yeah, yeah you, uh, to get into the baseball stadium, you have to, there's like a big rhythm, like a big, like, almost like a Simon like game a outside. Wheel. Yeah, it's like a roulette wheel and you have to time your button press to shoot a baseball indoors on the gamepad with what's displayed on the TV where it lands on the big baseball icon. It actually took me a second to realize that that's where you do it. I was like, what are these three circles? And then it, it clicked. But yeah. but no, it, it is a really fun game. It has great personality. I really love the tilt shift graphics thing they do. Where, like, where you're walking is very, like... It, first of all, it looks like a little diorama. I know, diorama. everything looks so tiny, but awesome. Like, yeah, you can zoom in with R, by the way. Yeah. I don't know if you did that, but just if you no, want to get I always keep it zoomed out. But, yeah, because that's how you have to play. Because you never... There's so much going on in the yeah. corners. But you can zoom in if you just want to look at your heroes. But, um... What was I going to say? Yeah, no, the tilt shift thing looks cool, and it's interesting because, like, as you walk, like, there's, like, a uh, blur filter or something over, like, most of the, like, the edges of the screen are totally blurred, but as you walk towards it, like, they kind of, like, deep, it's not like a sharp drop, they, like, fade back in almost, like, it, it, it's a nice effect, and the game looks great, like, everything has kind of, like, a plasticky, like, action figure feel. Like, all the characters and stuff, which fits the, uh... Yeah, like, aesthetic. like when they're talking and, like, they zoom down their dialogue, they look, yeah. they look really cool, like, the graphics are... I mean, you could tell, like, I mean, the mouse, I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're purposely unsynced. And stuff oh, yeah, yeah, it's such but, a great tribute to yeah, that sort but it of looks, stuff. It, it looks really great. Yeah, and they also do, uh, they also have, like, some nice little visual gags, like, even as the story's unfolding. Like, at the very beginning, it's explain- there's a narrator explaining to you all this mumbo-jumbo about the team. Like, literally, they go way on. They make up all these terms. It's just, like, twi- it's like 20 terms to describe, like, one thing. You know, like the, the biomechanical, uh, electrified, da-da-da-da-da no, So many great one-liners. Like- yeah. But uh, like one of my favorite that I heard today was um when the main character Wonder Red he's just like 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 hold on I'm not done over explaining and then oh, he just yeah. keeps over explaining but but yeah what what I was gonna say is um is that even uh beyond the dialogue itself which does do stuff like that and be self referential is like they just have like visual gags as stuff is unfolding like very beginning of the game there's a part where um 
Wonder Blue is being introduced or something, and he, like, starts, like, looking at the screen, like, are you done explaining? And then he, like, there's this whole, like, thing that, like, this whole, like, he starts, like, tossing his sword around, and then he can't catch his sword, and it hits him, and he falls off screen, he has to climb back up to the screen, and then he doesn't even make it back before the cutscene ends, he gets kind of whacked back into the cutscene. But, like, even things like that, it's just, like, cool little visual gags, and they clearly had a very good sense of humor when they made this. Yeah, but one thing that I didn't realize till a lot later was um every as you're playing the game and you're rescuing citizens it's what you do you basically increase your it's the wonderful one hundred like wonderful one oh one so you build your army by like drawing a circle around civilians and yeah. they become temporary heroes. But every mm -hmm. once in a while you'll encounter special heroes or the ones that I guess like well you got Wonder Bee or, or Wonder Professor or whatever. Who was the first one you said? Wonder Beer. Ah, uh, you did say Wonder Beer. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, and then... Uh, he has a giant mug for a head. Yeah. Well, anyway, well, well, these people, like, I didn't think, okay, I guess they're just stronger, or, like, I didn't really know what purpose they served, because it doesn't really explain it on the screen. Once again, tutorial would have helped. <laughs> but then I was, I was just poking around, and then, um, and then my brother, like, well, he first pointed out to me, like, oh, on the bottom screen, you have the list of every single person that you find there, and you could check their stats, you could equip them to your team, so basically, you could start every mission with all those people you found, so you do want to find every single one possible. Not only that, but you can then rank up each of them. Because yeah. they each have three moves. And you probably. could like, set which ones you want to be leaders and all which, those things. Which gives the game a lot of hidden depth. Which is actually something, and a point I was going to make, but you beat me to it, is that there's a lot of hidden depth. Yes, you could play through the game and have fun and whatever, but you can go back and get all these different characters with all these different abilities. You can try and get a high score. It ranks, like, it literally ranks everything you do. It's divided into operations, and within operations are missions. Each mission can be like one boss fight, or one enemy battle, or one walk down the street. Literally, there is one, I think it's in the first mission. Like, yeah. it's very, but it's like, you, you got a gold medal, you crossed the street, or something like ridiculous, like super easy thing. So, like, everything's divided up, and you can just, it's like score attack after score attack after score attack, and then you have the depth of changing the characters and trying to get high scores with them. Then there's a multiplayer mode, then there's the special missions with special objectives. Like, there's a lot and of the stuff. secret ones. Yeah, and, see, there's a, and difficulty levels that range from very easy to, like, insane. I don't know if it's well, called it's normal, insane, but, but, well, you can unlock more. Yeah. Not, I don't really consider that a spoiler because there, there's literally a gap on the screen where the last two options go, or however many options it is. Yeah. But it, there is a ton in this game. Like, there, it's really, you get you get your money's worth, I feel like. I will say, though, and this kind of goes back to the whole, uh, like, finding the flow and rhythm of the game, is that the controls make no sense until they suddenly make sense. If that makes sense. Like, you'll be like, oh, man, it, I don't get, the drawing thing feels weird, or, like, I'm just going to use the right stick, it's easier. That's what I said about the demo. I was like, I found the right stick so much easier. Heat a, heat a battle, I suddenly noticed I was using my finger to draw. I just, like, oh, it's so much faster just to draw, like, a because the shapes get more complicated. As yeah. you play through, like, you have, like, S's versus Z's and, like, things like that, and it just gets a lot more complicated. So, you, you do realize, you start to realize that drawing's a lot faster, and you're, it's much, I mean, it's it, still and, a gamble. And it stops time, so, I mean, it, it does. So it doesn't really, you're not like... But there is, the, there is the gamble of, like, sometimes you have to draw it just the way they want you to, like, to draw um, the French Wonder, Wonder Green, who's oh, an obnoxious French, French man. He, yeah, you draw an L for him. The L can't be too long of a tail on the L. Like, the bottom part of the L has to be really short, and the height of it has to be really long. It has to be sized. But, like, I would do an L that looked, I guess, too... Like a capital L? I, yeah, I'd do a capital L and be like... Well, it has to be a capital L. It just has to be a very short... Yeah. Yeah, it's like... It, it was weird, because, like, I'd draw an L and be... It wouldn't recognize it, unless I did, like, a very tiny L. And it's like, oh, okay. And it's like, Psycho and shoots his gun or whatever. That's something kind of funny is that all the characters, I know it's on purpose, but they're all like, it's almost like Punch-Out, where they're all like very stereotyped. 
yeah, not that different for stereotype. Yeah, but, but uh, and like the the um, the fe- the one like female character is like super like vanity obsessed and everything. Like it's very stereotypy. But um, what was I gonna say? So yeah, the, the controls. Yeah, it's, uh, back to controls. Though it is definitely something that like that's probably the biggest obstacle with the game, and it's gonna turn a lot of people off initially. Is that the controls don't just work? You have to like kind of figure them out. Not, I don't mean like figure them out like how to do them, but figure out how to best. Like you can't just draw. No, you have to draw. Like, well, I mean, but once I mean, you get, I mean, there's a slight learning curve. I, yeah. say, I, I would say slight. Yeah, but. yeah, but once you get it, though, it's really fun and really hectic and crazy. And there's like, there's not just like little gameplay twists like you were saying, but a little while a few minutes ago. But there's also like the boss battles are crazy. There's one that's like half an hour long or something. Like it's insane. So, yeah, I mean, it does get out there, but I mean, I've already like come to expect that from action games. Like, yeah, like after playing, especially like, platinum games. Yeah, like like after playing like the God of War series, like boss battles and those like fights just get so crazy over the yeah. top. It's like it, it's the norm, even though none of them are ever the same. Yeah, yeah. So it's cool. And also, there is Miiverse integration in the game, in a weird way. Sort of. Whenever you get the mission rank, you, it reminds you of post Miiverse. There's a constant Miiverse icon on the gamepad as you're playing. But what's interesting is. There's also, when you do click the Miiverse icon, a pre-drawn picture of Wonder Red if you do the drawing option in the in-game Miiverse menu. Cool. It is cool. I just kind of like, that's interesting. So they're basically inviting you to mess with the drawing and make it your own. Yeah. But it, it was I did not expect that at all. It's a super minor thing, but it's just something. I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing that with more games going forward. But uh, also, the Platinum Games P logo is everywhere. Oh, yeah. On the coins, on the logo. On the baseball and doing that baseball puzzle. Yeah. But no, it's, uh, I think overall, I mean, it's it's a fun game. It's definitely not like a pick-up-and-play. You will have to learn, be it a slight amount like you think, or maybe a bit more like I think. But you do have to learn a little. You do have to be willing to... You do have to get used to the fact that everything's very zoomed out. Because there are some times when there's so many enemies that you just don't know what's going on at first. Like, it's just chaos. But then, once again, as you learn the rhythm, you start being able to identify what sort of visual cues mean what, yeah. and you can use it to your advantage. I mean, there's not spoilers because they had it in the trailer, but like eventually you do have you have a recurring enemy that you fight over and yeah. over again, that he's pretty much another you, so you fight another army of 100 people. Yep. With him, and those times, I guess it is kind of hard to see like where exactly he is sometimes, just because there's just like a massive body. Chaos. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's not too bad either, but I mean, that's just something to keep in mind. Yeah. And one thing also uh, that adds that chaos is that um, more often than not, the explosion colors are the same, whether they're yours or the enemies. It's like there are times that, like, there's literally a time I was fighting a boss and I was like, oh, I beat him. And then it turned out the explosion was him shooting me. But it was the same color, so I didn't know until it was like, game over. I'm like, oh, okay. But like, oh, and that's one nice thing is, yes, there's a learning curve, but game overs only hurt your score. They don't make you go back. You literally start right where you left off when you hit continue. All it does is add a little skull and crossbones cat like little skull and crossbones on the game over screen for each time you die and then it subtracts that from your final score. Yeah. That's it. So like if you don't care about the score, you even if you're playing on normal, which is actually quite hard, I feel like. Normal has well not hard, but normal has a challenge. Yeah, for sure has a challenge. So if you play on normal and keep dying and you if you don't care about your score it's no big deal. Like that's how I'm playing through it and I don't really mind. So yeah, I think overall it's definitely like this is one of the games like you have to like action games. You have to like platinum games, but if you meet the, if you fit those two, well, you don't have to like platinum games, but if you're a fan of platinum games, you're gonna buy it. If you like action games, it's definitely worth checking out. But it's definitely at the same time not a game for everyone. I feel like. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's a gamer's game. It, it, it's one of those games that would probably do way better, like, later in the Wii's life, once they're like, yeah. already more of a... a yeah. More established base. It's definitely a gamer's game. But I will say, it's its personality is great. It looks great. Even the sound is great. How can we not mention it has a theme song? A cheesy theme song with, like, ridiculous lyrics and stuff. Yeah. Like, everything about this game, they just did such a good job, like, creating this world that literally just makes fun of the other superhero and Power Ranger and whatnot worlds. Like, they just, it's, they did an excellent job. And you could, and you could tell, like, had, the fact that it was in, uh, development for so long got delayed. You could see the polish for sure. But one, one last thing before we change over to our Academy. You did play multiplayer, did you not? I've yet to try multiplayer. Yep. How is, is it basically single player? Just, you have two heroes? It's, it's identical. No, you got up to five. Oh, okay. Um, it's identical and controls and everything. The only difference is that when you're drawing, time doesn't stop. Because ah. obviously that would affect the other yeah, person. Yeah, So, I mean, it's kind of hard to do some combos that you would normally want to do. I mean, combos are fine. What I'm talking about is when you're playing the game normally, you could have up to three um, Unite Morphs at the same time. You could ha- you could draw the hand and you use that as your primary weapon. You could draw the sword, press X, so the sword is attacking on its own. Right. And then draw another weapon and have that attacking on its own. And just to when clarify, the, you, sorry to just oh. jumping in real quick, the Unites are... Um, all the special moves. Basically anything where you have the heroes team up together and do their thing. Anything. It, it's probably pretty clear based on what you were saying, Isaiah, but just yeah. in case. Anything that requires you to do either drawing on the gamepad or moving the right stick to use your hero, turn your heroes into objects, essentially, or weapons. Yeah. And since, the, and since when you're doing one player mode, it slows down time, you pretty much have all the time you want to draw all three of those figures, but when you're doing multiplayer, by the time you finish drawing one, it's already activated, so by right. the time you're doing the third one, like it, the other one's already done. Right, but, right. I mean, that doesn't affect the game whatsoever, so, I mean, yeah. it's just fun. Yeah, actually, what's interesting is they apparently added the ability to do multiple Unite morphs, like, simultaneously, like, have them on autopilot like yeah. that in single player. They apparently added that very late in development. Originally, you can only do one at a time. Oh. I'm really glad they added late in development, because that's a very key part of, like, strategy against bosses and stuff, is being yeah. able to be like, I'm going to go hit this, and I'm going to send a Unite hand to go punch that, or whatever. Although the, the, the secondary Unites and the third Unite, they only last very briefly. Yeah. It's like, what, six seconds maybe? Like, but it's, it's pretty fine, short. Because, I mean, usually, like, enemies are open for attack. I mean, at least the bigger ones for a short amount of time. Yeah. And usually that's enough to deal a lot of damage. Yeah. That is one other thing of note, is that some of the enemies have very obvious weak points, but some of them have very hidden weak points. Like, very like pretty early in the game, there's these tank things that have a shield in their front that you yeah. that you have, you have to break the shield, but they have a gun pointing out of shield, so shooting you. So, initially, it's like, oh, okay, you go behind them, there's a shield, so go behind them doesn't do anything. You have to actually break through the shield with the fists, if I remember correctly, with the Unite hand. Or you could reflect the ball at the... Yeah. But, like, you don't necessarily realize... Because it kind of, like, defies the game. Yeah, you no. just go around the shield. Like, in this case, you have to break the shield. So, it's... A, I mean, it's good in that regard. Yeah, that it keeps, just, thing, keeps you on your toes, but they it's not clear that it's a shield. Yeah, there's the one enemy in particular. It's kind of funny. I was watching uh, my brother. He was just doing his speed runs of, like, the, some, some challenges. Mm-hmm. And he came across this turtle... And it's like a giant turtle with a bunch of shields on it. Uh-huh. And for the longest time, like, he would beat everybody except for that turtle because, like, he didn't know what to do against the turtle. Right. And then, like, oh, okay, its tail looks kind of like a hook. Okay, I guess I have to use the whip. So he used the whip, nothing happened. And then he's like, oh, okay, it, when it attacks, its head takes a long time to retract and its neck looks kind of vulnerable. So he attacked it, nothing happened. Oh, the yeah. same thing with the legs, nothing happened. Sometimes yeah. it'll stand up and it has this weird circle on its stomach. He attacks that, nothing happened. So what so, was the so weak nothing, spot? So nothing he did happen. And then 
at the very end, he used his hammer, and it broke through it, and it killed it, like, pretty fast. Yeah, like, I discovered... It, it's weird, because I noticed that, too, like, I would, like... I like using the sword the most so far, just because you can kind of keep your distance, but you're still pretty close. Like, it's yeah. like a good medium. But, um... Like, like there's some stuff the sword doesn't nearly... It's like, it's, like, there's nothing, and then there's others where it, like, kills in one hit. It's just, like, how do yeah. you necessarily know which is the best attack? It's basically trial and error. Yeah, this turtle, though, I just thought it was... Does he the way he's just designed is just very misleading because I mean yeah. when he, when he stretches his neck out he leaves it out for a long time and the, and then it's the hook almost it, they are clearly doing it on purpose they're yeah. clearly trying to throw like throw you off which you know I appreciate the fact that well, they made works. a game yeah they made a game for gamers who are used to these types of games so that's the reason that like when I was saying it definitely get it if you like action or look into it if you like action games but it's definitely not like for everyone it's because this is a game made for people that play this genre straight up it's an ode yeah. to them so. Yeah, I mean, uh, what, what would you say about it from what you've experienced? Like, kind of the same thing? Or do you think it could possibly be more broad? Or, like, uh, to a broader audience? Or No, it's, I feel it's still niche. Yeah. Niche, niche, yeah. yeah. Well, um, yeah, so if, if this sounds like your cup of tea, I mean, it is a fun game. So definitely check it out if, if you sound, you know, if it's up your alley. Uh, the other game there's talk about, it's, as you pointed out, isn't exactly a game. Yeah, it's just an app. Yeah, and that is Articami Sketchpad. Which is a precursor to the eventual eShop and re- I think ad retail release of a full-fledged Arkham game for Wii U. This is literally just the, the coloring tool set, and it's five bucks. And you bought it, Jose. Yeah. What the, do you think? It's gonna be short. There's really not much oh, to course, say about yeah. it. I mean, just drawing app. You could just draw on your gamepad now. You now you have the option to pick between colors. I mean, it, there's way more to it, I guess, than just drawing. Because I mean, you could pick the type of paper. You could pick the type of pencil. You could pick the type of Crayon, chalk, right. I mean, there's no crayon, chalk, pastels. Does the paper actually change how the picture looks? Um, like, does it, like, tint it, almost? Like, if you use, well, like, a parchment versus, like, a white? Yeah, because the papers have, like, different kind of hues of brown on, mm-hmm. like, some of them look kind of greeny. Mm-hmm. And when you're drawing with a pencil, I mean, if you're going to use the graphite on one type of paper and you just draw a line, sometimes the line would just come out perfectly straight, but if you do it on another kind of paper, you'll kind of see the roughness to it. Right. Like, it almost look. Yeah, I mean, there's no, I don't really know how to describe it. No, I, showing think I, you, I think I got what you mean. Yeah, but it looks like someone was... Yeah, it just looks more... Yeah, no, I got it, I got it. Yeah, I don't know how to say it, but yeah, it's... It has textures. Textured, yeah. Yeah. Very textured. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's fun if you... I mean, if you want... If, so if, it's, if, just, if, if you it's feel, literally just the tools, right? Yeah, if, if you feel like you want more out of me versus drawing, then... You should probably check it out. I mean, some people are kind of really creative with it, but I think I'm really cool. But otherwise, things. like I mean, it's not, otherwise it's not really that worth it if you don't really draw or don't care for drawing. I mean, it's just right. a drawing app, That's right? Cool. So there's no there's no tutorials. There's no like, do they have it like with? Uh, I mean, obviously the main game they, is they have out. Some, do they have like the draw this? And it's like a apple that you try and like replicate the drawing of or something yeah they just have they have a lot of preset picture that you pretty much just trace over and that's ah, okay. pretty much it but. yeah, yeah but so it's pretty bare bones it's just something it's yeah. basically sounds like it's something to give keep me versus artists happy until our cameo in full comes out next yeah year. pretty much i mean i think it has the it might have some things pre-installed in it that uh-huh. aren't accessible until the game is done because there's like like, oh, blah, blah, coming soon kind of thing. Oh, it's interesting. So you might have actually downloaded the full game. It's just missing features. Almost like how Wii Sports Club. Or part of it, I mean. Right. Yeah. But kind of like how Wii Sports Club, you download Wii Sports Club, and then you fill in the games as they release them for 10 bucks. Yeah, print, that's what it feels like. Cause... That's probably what, I wonder if it's going to be a digital first release, or if they're going to, or if it's even going to hit retail. 
That's interesting. Yeah. So is it worth five dollars? I guess is the next question. Eh, I would say I mean, so. It, it's pretty deep for what it is. Right. Yeah. I mean, this. I mean, you have a lot of variety in colors and chops and types of like everything. So yeah, they really. I mean, I they went above and beyond in what they give you. I mean, yeah, you could probably make any kind of drawing with that. But hmm. I mean, no markers, but they're trying to make classical looking or not just sharpie right drawings on you know if the, yeah. if the Wii U had a scent dispenser they could totally do those magic markers or whatever it was when we were kids that had like licorice scent and cherry scent and yeah I would buy that oh. <laughs> but the only thing that I guess um it's kind of kind of threw me off is like I'm really I'm normally used to drawing on my on my tablet on my Cintiq right and I use um the software I use is just Sketchbook Pro so I, I layer everything Right. But this one doesn't have any layers, so you're pretty much doing it how you would do it on paper. So you can't. Can I, 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 I assume it, you can erase, right? You could kind of erase, and you could also like lock. Okay, like okay, I drew this. I don't want to. I don't want to erase this at all. So you could just lock that part of the drawing, and then the next thing you draw could be erased, but right like, bottom thing under. Right, right. Yeah, so I don't know. It's kind of weird. Like I'm used to just drawing like my outline, and then putting up another layer, drawing the thing on top of it, and then just getting rid of the outlines. But this time, I kind of have to be careful. Or right. I, I guess approach it as if I were to draw on a real piece of paper, but, wow, it's kind of weird that I haven't really done that a lot. <laughs> You're gone, you've gone strictly digital. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess that kind of makes sense for what Nintendo's going for, because they're trying to teach you how to draw, not how to compose an image, I yeah. guess. If that makes sense. But, alright, so. Yeah, so it, it's a fun distraction. Here. It, it is cool like I said this on the episode I think right after it came out but I just want to reemphasize go to I mean you don't have to Jose you have it but for people that don't have it go to Meverse and just go to the community for Art Academy and just browse the top posts because there's some really impressive art like really cool stuff but uh, yeah and I think that Prima I think I think we're I think that's it I was gonna say I think we're, that wraps it up, but I've said wraps it up like three times this episode. So I'm gonna say a different word. I think we are done. That is we? that was episode fifty. Yes, we W I I. That was episode fifty three of the Roundtown Podcast. Um, as we always do, we have some stuff on the site to check out if you if you so choose. Uh, the our, the extra I mentioned when we were talking about We Fit You and We Sports Club diving into the eShops Blue Ocean is up on the site right now. Check that out if you're curious about how those games are possibly going to change what the eShop is going forward. Uh, also, stay tuned for more extras coming up. We have another flashback in the works, this time focusing on GameCube. You know, with Wind Waker now out on digital and about to come out in retail, it's not fair that we highlight some of the other GameCube games that are worth, you know, taking a few moments to play, even if it means going to dig out your GameCube from the closet or, like, buying one dirt cheap or whatever. And speaking of Wind Waker, actually, tune into our next episode, Sunday, October 6th. We will have our early Wind Waker impressions. The game, we're going physical, which means it comes out, like, right before we record this. So, um, we'll, 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 do, we'll do as much as we can, but it's going to be early impressions for sure. And we're also, of course, got the latest news and impressions of other games, including Dungeons & Dragons, which we didn't get to today. So, uh, yeah, I think that pretty much does it, as always. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Nintendo. Stay up on the latest site stuff. I'm JSR7 on there. He is Wero. That is W-E-I-R-O underscore O. Friend us, on, friend us or follow us on Miiverse. See what we're up to in the you know in the Nintendo space. I'm Jason R. He's Wero again. 
And yeah, we will see you in two weeks on October 6th with our next episode.